A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cassette or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and joining me as ever are Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Hi, everybody. And James, Larry Luscombe. How are you, Larry? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. So, yeah, this is the final episode of the series uh, and part two of our special 1994 Hip Hop World Cup. Um, so to celebrate, we're in a uh, in the corporate box at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, California, which was the venue of the 1994 Football World Cup final. And to celebrate, we've invited around 50 fans of the podcast uh, for a buffet lunch, which they're uh, enjoying, as you can hear. Um, we've got a couple of the perverted monks going around uh, from table to table doing some close up magic uh, for our guests. Uh, and later on, uh, Malachi the Nutcracker will be giving an after dinner speech about his charity work for the Gangstar Foundation. So that will be a real treat. Um, we were also joined in the box uh, in this episode uh, by a panel of special guests from earlier in the series. Um, just to give their thoughts uh, as we go along, we have uh, John Barnes with us. How are you doing, John? Hi, how are you doing? We've got Peter Schmeichel in the box. Hi, Peter. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Paul Gazagascoin is joining us again. How are you doing, Paul? No, I'm good. I'm glad that's all with. We've got Euro 96 England boss Terry Venables with us. Hi, hi Terry. How you doing, Dwight? Right? Sepp Blatter's joining us once again. Hi, Sepp. Hello. And finally, we've got Adrian Childs with us. Hi, Adrian. Hello, hello. You well? So, chaps, quite the party atmosphere in here. Um, our guests are obviously milling around enjoying the canapes and the buffet lunch. Uh, how are you feeling about, uh, about this? It's a, it's a big World Cup. We've been looking forward to doing this one for quite a while. Um, what are your emotions, Steve? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this episode, but I, I'm, I'm going to kind of say I, I'm just this like very small bit of me is quite disappointed. It's like uh, it's like that, you know, looking forward to Christmas, wanting all your kind of best presents. And then you find out your mum's bought you the wrong CD, the one that your brother was wanting. And, you know, I've got some pants and some gay electrics that I'm only going to play with for a couple of days. And, you know, for me, it was, this is like the, the golden year of the golden age. And I'm just a bit kind of like, disappointed my fate you know all of my favorite albums haven't made this kind of grand final but you know that's that's why we're doing this world cup format so um you know even though some of my best albums i think have been left out there's still some fantastic ties tonight so i am excited just a tiny bit disappointed way to piss on the bonfire steve uh larry what are your thoughts on this uh, this one i mean you're you're a big fan of 1994 as a as a year in hip-hop yeah absolutely uh, so there, what are your are... feelings yeah, um, there are six really big ones in here for me. Um, but the problem kind of with that, as it so often is, is that it, it can be very difficult to uh, sort of gather your thoughts on such uh, seminal albums, really. Like you've got Illmatic in here this year, for example. You know, what can you say about that? Absolutely. That hasn't been said already. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult one, but hopefully we can tease out some new some new insights into them. Um, 
So just to recap, uh, because 1994 was such a, a monumental year for hip hop with so many great albums uh, released, FIFA decided to expand it to um, 16 albums spread across two episodes. Uh, in the last episode, we discussed the first round matches, uh, but in this episode, we're now going to discuss the eight albums that made it through to the quarterfinals. Uh, and just to recap those, they are uh, Casual's Fear Itself, uh, Resurrection by Common Sense, uh, Method Man's Tikal, Murder Was The Case soundtrack, uh, Illmatic by Nas, Paris's Gorilla Funk, The Beat Nuts, and Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. So those are the eight winners from the last episode, and they're going to be competing against each other in this episode. Um, now, as for the rules, uh, if for any reason you don't know how this podcast works, uh, here's a quick recap for you. Ladies and gentlemen, So here are the rules. Using a scientific process of shortlists and horse trading, Danny, James and Steve agree on a list of eight albums from the chosen year, which will compete for the Hip Hop World Cup. In each round, our pundits draw the albums from a hat to decide who plays who. Then discuss each match and vote for the album they want to win. Albums with the most votes progress through the rounds to the final, where the lads vote again to decide which album is the undisputed Hip Hop World Cup champion. Let the games begin! So, Larry, True Score, have you got it back up and running again? Is it all working? Is it all firing? Really good news on the True Score front, actually. If you recall, last time I was waiting for the machine to be um, recalibrated, well, re rebuilt from the ground on up, actually. Absolutely. Um, I was using, as a stand-in, a really kind of ultra-high-end digital computer system, which had been um, designed exactly for the task of, you know, assessing hip-hop albums. Um, However, you know, it's a really, really big one this week. So we were always going to need something a bit more powerful, even sort of than the RM Nimbus machine, which, as you know, could process a song an hour. Um, I've been in touch with the people at True School, their top, top engineers. Um, what they've come up with, um, and I can't believe it, it kind of it fits 50 years of data from the True School system. Uh, distills it literally into the palm of your hand. It's an app that they've developed. Oh, um, an app. As I say, wow. an app. So it, it kind of, it leverages modern smartphone technology with all the kind of, you know, trappings that come with that into, um, you, know, lever you know, it combines that with the true score scoring matrix. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been the preserver professionals and, you know, experts up until now. It can now be you know, used, utilised by by the average hip-hop fan. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Hip-hop evaluation. Hip-hop evaluation for the masses at last. Exactly. And, um, yeah, they've, they've asked me to say, actually, they're making this uh, app freely available. To down freely available to download for for just nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> um, plus a small recurring and uh, monthly subscription of nine ninety nine. Um, it's only available on the BlackBerry platform at the moment. <laughs> um, we're, we're just waiting for, uh, or they're just waiting, sorry, for um, the for, you know, Apple and Google to 
uh, reinstate re- to, to reinstate our, our permission after there was some kind of small issues that they were having. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know. Well, I've been using it this week. It's incredible. And I'm sure that, you know, fans of the podcast will be rushing to the to the Blackberry um, app site to, to download this, you know, as soon as the episodes are they'll um, be typing, finished. They'll be typing that into Ask Jeeves as we speak. They really will be. There, there is one small disclaimer they've, they've um, asked me to say, which is that neither TrueScore nor its parent company, JL Industries, can be held liable for the accessing of camera phones, which has been occasionally <laughs> reported in the beta testing stage. Just something to be aware of legally. Um, <laughs> that sounds that's massively exciting, uh, Steve. That sounds like one that you're definitely going to be downloading onto your phone. Definitely, uh, well, that's, that's a giant leap forward for True School. Yeah, they've Absolutely. said actually, but they've they've given us a discount code. It's um, Hip Hop Twenty uh, One is the code, uh, and that's available for all. 18 to 30 year old female listeners of the show so there's only there's only 100 download codes so you know, get on that get it ladies. quickly ladies get on that as get on that as soon as possible Feminism. thanks for that larry um sounds really exciting can't wait to see how it works with some of these albums uh just a quick uh, word about our special guest coming up at the end of the show before i say who it is steve i need to ask you who won the football world cup in 1994 uh good question was it italy no. Oh, Brazil. 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 And you will not believe who I have lined up to share his thoughts on our winning album after the final. Uh, it's none other than Brazil World Cup legend Edson Arantes de Nascimento, better known as Peel. Pele. Ah. You do not want to miss that. Please stay tuned. He's joining us via satellite phone from his home in Brazil at the end of the show. So please wow. do not miss that. So that, that's something to look forward to. Welcome back. We're doing the 1994 Hip Hop World Cup and we've reached the quarterfinals uh, stage. Uh, so the quarterfinal matches were drawn earlier today uh, and the first match out of the hat was uh, Common Sense's Resurrection versus The Murder Was The Case soundtrack. Quite a strange pairing. Um, so, uh, Steve, uh, which one did you vote for out of those two? Uh I went for Resurrection, which I think might have surprised both of you. So kind of uh, just to fill the listeners in, uh, uh, Resurrection is an album I've always, uh, I don't know, gone in opposition with you to, to because I think this is an album you both love and I kind of maybe, uh, I don't know, tried to like dampen your enthusiasm for it. But um, I've gone for it because actually it, it's a really good album. I just, I just, you know, never kind of thought of it as highly as, as you do. Yeah. Um, and what about you, Larry? What did you go for? Uh, yeah, I think Steve's given the game away there a bit. I, I did go for Resurrection. It's, yeah, absolute top tier yeah. album for me. So, yeah, I did as well, which means it was a it was a 3-0 win for uh, Resurrection. Uh, a real drub in there for the Murder Was The Case soundtrack. Um, but as you say, you know, Larry, this is this is, was an album that we we absolutely love. And we will talk more about it in the um, in the semifinals when we get to it. But as for our like losing album, Murder, the Murder Was a Case soundtrack, um, it kind of came through in that first round. Uh, you know, I think it was a fairly narrow victory for it. 
Um, it's been a bit of a weird one. There were even some rumblings that maybe a soundtrack shouldn't have been included. But mm. oh, it know. shouldn't have been in the final. Well, I, I think know, we've probably all got quite a good kind of sentimental attachment, attachment to it as well, wasn't it? Because of you know the time it was released in our lives, and but also there's loads of tracks in there that just like regurgitated, aren't they, from like other albums? Yeah, but it's like I think it's a really, really good album. I think it's a really good uh, sort of snapshot of the g-funk sound um and does production from around that time i think it's, yeah. a, it's an absolutely proper showcase for his production um you know i think some of his best work is on this album you know there's some absolute amazing stuff on here mm. um for that like it's one of my most played hip-hop cds today it's like there's so many so many cds i just can't bring myself to listen to but i'd still listen to this one because it's so it's such a great listen. Like you put it on the car. It's just, it's just the, that sort of G funk sound is just really palatable. Yeah, the, the hip hop, um, the hip hop songs that are on there are good. But then there's there's some R and B stuff that is just not palatable for me. And I think that also kind of spoils it as now. But, but and again, it's a soundtrack, isn't it? It's not a proper yeah. kind of. Hip-hop it's a big album. bit of a bit of a mixed bag, a bit of a hodgepodge. Um, but there is there is for me there is a really like. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. It's got the murder was a case remix on it, which I think is yeah. appalling. It's brilliant. Oh, I, no. And then we go, I, and then we go yeah. into um, Natural Born Killers, which is another track I absolutely hate. I bore that track. I this has always, always, dreadful. always really um, confused me. That yeah. is, it, is it? Is it? Is it? The, is it the content? It's the content. It's the thin beat that he's come up with. The silly sounds, the screechy sounds. It just. It. It was. It was everything I didn't think a, com- a, a sort of um, a collaboration between Dre and Cube should be. Yeah. But I just yeah, didn't. Yeah. It, it just didn't speak to me in that way. It wasn't what I was waiting for. It wasn't what I was hoping for when I heard them team up like that. Again, yeah. I love that. I love that track. That's my favourite track on the album. Is it? I think this the synths or whatever the kind of those crazy sounds on there are. It's great, and it and the, and the rapping's really hard on that. I, yeah, yeah. You know, Dr. Dre always produces um out uh, you know tracks that are good quality, and that's another one. You know, it's a it's, it's a decent enough, well produced track. It's just the actual the actual mood of it, the tone of it, just just doesn't speak to me. I prefer the sort of smoother stuff. But maybe we need to go back known. to murder was the case as well, because actually I think the remix is better than the original. And maybe that then is just a kind of personal preference. I don't know what Larry thinks, but yeah, I, I'm the opposite. I, do, I think it just the, the original was brilliant, and this one just strips it strips it of any kind of menace or tension. That was kind of there in the original. I st- really don't see the point of it at all. I think yeah. the, I think it I think it's there in order to kind of give you a reason to buy it, maybe like to have yeah. a Snoop Dogg track on there. Yeah, um, it's just yeah a bit pointless really. And I don't like the snare on it. That sort of delay snare on it. That yeah, kind of echoes. I don't like that. Yeah, I just think it's a yeah. I think it's a waste of time. And then you get oh. you get through those two first tracks, first two tracks, and then you get to what would you do? And for me. Classic. From that point, there was a clear run right the way through, yeah, almost to Dollars and Cents by DJ Quick. Um, you've got things like What Would You Do, Twenty One Jump Street, One More Day. Yeah. I can keep Harvest for the World on. I don't mind that because I quite like the Isley Brothers and I like that song. And it's also a Dre production, so you kind of I, I leave it on for that. But then you've got Who Got Some Gangster Shit, Come When I Call, which is a DJ Quick production, which is. You know, say what you like about R&B and, and that sort of stuff. It's a really good, well-produced track that uses a Michael Henderson sample that I love. Um, and then you go, you better recognise, come up to my room, the Jodeci track. And then you skip Woman to Woman and you come on to um, Dollars and Cents. I just think that's a really nice run of tracks that kind of cap, you know, encapsulate the death row 
Daz sound from that time. I just, yeah. I put it on, I listen to it in the car. I just absolutely love it. It's one of those that, you know, gives me the chills as I'm driving along. Um, but, you know, it was, it's come up against common sense, which it was pretty much, you know, a foregone conclusion if ever there was one. Yeah. Um, I, th- I mean, I've, I think, I'd echo what Steve said, I've got no time at all for any of the kind of R&B kind of moments on this album at yeah. all. Just really, yeah, just just not my type of thing at all. I think like Harvest for the World kind of sounds like a four minute intro. It sort of never really gets going. Yeah. Um, well, that is the song, the Icy Brothers. It's yeah. That's the, yeah. It's like a, it's like an intro to Harvest for the World on the Icy Brothers album. Which yeah. They've made that rather than the actual song. Right. Okay. Which is weird. Um, but, so um, yeah, so, so I really don't like all, all of those and like, you know, horny and woman to woman and don't like come when I call it, any of that. But those tracks you've identified as being classics are classics. But like those, you know, what would you do? 21 Jump Street and One More Day yeah, really kind of stand out as incredible tracks and just like, yeah, the peak of Daz's production, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just dwell on One More Day for a minute? Because... Please, for me, yeah. I think that's the MVP on this album. That that track is just f- brilliant, fantastic song, great yeah. production, very very musical, and it just showcases. It gives like Nate Dogg a chance to shine yeah, for a bit great. longer than just. Did, did he have? Did he have a? Did, is this his first solo? Up until this point. Up until this point, this was his. I think this was his first track. Yeah. Solo track. Yeah. Yeah. That he done. I think to have like a Nate Dogg solo album produced by Daz to that standard at this point in time. Like would have been one of my kind of dream kind of things to listen to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He did. Did he come out with G Funk Classics or something? Wasn't G Funk Classics got... came out later. I remember it, it was yeah. always available on, on import for about like thirty quid or something. Yeah. and just never. I, I never personally bought it, kind of, because it's just it didn't it didn't surface until after I kind of really stopped caring about this type of stuff really so i don't know what what it's like i don't know if either of you have got it at i all. haven't no, i haven't got it no um, i don't know no. what it's like but um it needed to sort of come out probably around this time yeah really and w- one more one uh 21 jump street i also absolutely love i think it's probably my favorite track on on this album actually yeah i love absolutely adore that track so smooth just, yeah it's just a perfect kind of distillation of that classic death row sound yeah I absolutely think. Like the ba- the bass line's incredible. The way it just sort of snakes around is lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. I even like I even like the sort of cool it like the easy dick bit at the end with the people. <laughs> I, I, quite, I quite like that. Um, and I think um, and also like you better recognise. I remember that being kind of the standout for me at the time. Yeah, um, really love that track. And as I kind of mentioned to you both via message earlier, I kind of I didn't realise that the Sam Snead album from this era like is available on YouTube, um, and it's absolutely brilliant. I don't know if the reviewer have heard it at all. I've heard some of the tracks like Blueberries and things like that. that yeah, that, they're great. Uh, but I will I will give it a proper listen. Yeah, basically yeah, it, like the, those tracks that we know were released on the eventual album, but mm. all of the other tracks were replaced with kind of contem- contemporary like contemporary tracks at the time when it was released. But the actual original one is all available, and they are all to that quality. Like it's a it's like a genuinely brilliant Death Row album. It's like oh, an absolute it's tragedy true. that it didn't come out. Yeah. All oh, right. Definitely checking that one out. Just one final yeah. word for me on this one. Um, I think the most slept on track on this this album is "Who Got Some Gangster Shit." Yeah. Which it was my my, my one of my personal favourites. Um, 
of the you know the hip hop ones. It's um, I just absolutely love that. I listen to that to start to finish. I love the production. I love the synth lines. Yeah, the beat, everything about it. Love that, that one. I think uh, it's, it's is it produced by Superfly? Yeah, pre-Superfly Brooks. Yeah, which like to me, it just kind of brings up that whole issue of who does what on Death Row again. Because if I didn't know that, I would say that was a Daz beat. Yeah, yeah, but maybe they'll just, just learn. I think it, yeah. I, well, I, I just, I reckon pretty much everything on Death Row was a collaborative effort. Yeah. And who actually got the production credit was a bit of a lottery. Yeah. I think this yeah. just kind of proves that, really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So that was a 3 0 win for Resurrection uh, by Common Sense, which we'll talk about uh, later on. Come on, y'all, get live, get down. Moving on to the second match in the quarterfinals, uh, which was uh, Gorilla Funk by Paris. Uh, versus Ready to Die by Notorious <laughs> B.I.G. Now that is a mismatch. If ever I saw one, two very, very different albums. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, Steve, you voted for Ready to Die, didn't you? You, you were the the dissenting voice on that one. I, I, I voted for Ready to Die, so I'm, I think I'm just going to leave this to you two to explain yourselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Larry and I both voted for Gorilla Funk, um, giving it a, a two-one victory over Ready to Die. And I know there are going to be hip hop fans across the world who listen to this podcast who just cannot they'll be turning that. off won't they they'll be turning off now they'll be turning what off what are you thinking yeah. players it is a it is a mad decision it's like a mad decision on, on paper on paper it's mental it's mental and biggie himself will be rolling in his grave at, yeah. at, at this but i think uh we have some explaining to do larry so do you want to go yeah. first yeah i mean I, I do, I love Ready to Die, so I'm happy to kind of, I will talk about that in the most glowing terms, um, and we'll get on to Gorilla Funk later, but yeah, it kind of, it really, of all of the decisions we've had to make in this whole kind of run, I think this is probably the toughest for me, um, because Ready to Die is one of my favourite albums ever, I think, it, it comes quite close to being perfect. Okay. Um, well i think we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it it just i think yeah. it just I, I think it probably comes down to more of a personal yeah kind of attachment to it um to be honest i, I ran this through the through the true score app um yeah. really kind of put it through its paces for for its kind of first test and yeah gorilla funk just came out on top, it's got more high-scoring tracks. Um, Ready to Die is just a little bit too long. Um, if they had trimmed a bit of the fat from it, it would be that is it true. Would, yeah. it, it would be perfect. Like there, there are there are just you know, I, I think you know you've got things like One More Chance, Respect. Friends of mine that are just that just aren't good aren't that they're fine but they're not good enough to be up there with you know things done change give me the loot machine gun fun all all of those kind of classic tracks um, he's got access to any producer he wants any beat he wants like it it should have you know it should have been better yeah and I, I think that's what I think about this album as well is that it's not as good as everyone thinks it is and actually I think you have to wait in my opinion, about six tracks before you get to the first classic track, which I think is like Ready to Die, 
then it's another four oh, tracks really? where you get to do. Yeah, I, I think the start of the album is not strong, and then it's only till you get towards the end. Apart apart from respect, the end, the like the last third of the album, I think, is absolutely incredible. Right. And it's now I think I always want to just get to that last third and listen to the last third, you know, more than anything. Mm. Okay, that's that's that surprises me. I think like it. I think it starts really strong, remains generally quite strong, apart from a few, a few kind of outliers. I, I think things done change is one of the best, one of my all-time favourite tracks. It's just kind of epic, cinematic sounding song. I think. Yeah, I have to say, I, I I agree that the first sort of five tracks are the best part. Even of this the album even to me. even like the intro is good, and it's about three minutes yeah, long. Yeah, three minutes. But that's but that's but mental. It, but it's but it's worth yeah. listening to. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's it is intro. You don't want to skip, definitely. Yeah, no, it's a timeline, isn't it? It's probably it's probably the one of the best kind of skits in in all of hip hop. I think um, really kind of tell tells you who he is. Sets really sets out the stall, um, but. Yeah, I think that that's you know just to talk about Biggie because he is such a, a huge um, you know part of hip hop. I think the thing about him mainly is the voice, mm. and I think for my money, it's probably the best voice in all of hip hop. I think um, he, he does he does sound good. I think that he just his flow is never off though. He's so consistently good. I yeah, think that's, I, I think. I think that I think I, I love the beats on this, but I think it would be a classic album if it were just a cappella. I think he's he's that engaging that I could just listen to him, yeah, completely yeah. straight. Um, yeah. He's he's got everything really. He's just you know re- he's got he's got that voice. It, like it's not just the voice; it's the delivery. It's so I know it just, yeah. really, it just slaps you around the face, doesn't it? It just grabs you. Um, yeah. He's got t- some of the best punchlines, isn't he? He's, just he's got some of the best punchlines. Really, com- and and actually. What I kind of noticed going through this today, he's got such a way of writing a brilliant opening line. Yeah. And I, I won't go through them, but if you just if you just kind of look through the song list and think about the first line for each of them, there are so many yeah. incredible ones on there. Like just like juicy, like you know, it was all a dream. It was a dream. Just just every single first line just makes you want to listen like to the rest of the song it kind of just just hooks you in from the start um just really vivid descriptions of kind of you know life in brooklyn and and it's also it's it's done in a really kind of very straightforward like unfussy way like the things he's talking about like you know the street life and drug dealing all that kind of stuff if you compare it to someone like raekwon um to give the kind of biggest example i think who I understand raps about selling crack and stuff like that, but he does it using such impenetrable slang yeah. and metaphors that I just have yeah. to take your word for it that that's what it's about. I don't don't really yeah. understand what he's saying. Whereas yeah. Biggie, it's just it's nothing. It's not clever, clever kind of stuff. It's just, it's just he just chooses chooses words very carefully. It's very simple um, and just re- just has a way of just selling it to you so so well. I think that's why he's quite graphic. I think without being yeah. complicated, and it's just that you know everyone says he's a great storyteller, and he he is. It's just, yeah, he's such a unique rhymer. He is one of the greatest rappers ever. No, yeah. no question. Absolutely. I yeah. think ju- yeah. just it's just some like there, there are just like tracks like you know suicidal thoughts that like, I don't know who else was oh. kind of who else was yeah. doing that kind of stuff. But like that track is just such a perfect fusion of music and rapping yeah like that lord finesse i think it is beat is just so dark 
and the yeah. subject matter is just like that bit at the end where his like body drops on the floor just get like genuinely gets me every time it's horrible yeah yeah that's yeah. why i like the end I, I think unbelievable was great at the end and then and then it's yeah. suicidal thoughts and who shot you and it's like it, it, you know it's, it's a window into his life and it's like his bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy as well it's uh yeah scary really so yeah, yeah for, for yeah. me it's, it's just it's just those few tracks but when you think of you know things done change warning you know juicy everyday struggle like me and my bitch all really kind of serious kind of hardcore songs and then you've just got you to have things like one more chance on there um it also really bugs like juicy i love that track but the fact you've got i think it's mace like in the background just like saying it's all good like every two seconds Re just think little things like that are just really really annoying yeah well you know danny you've got you've got some explaining to do as well though well you know i i i've made no bones about the fact that i i've never been on board with this album I, I don't like it i didn't listen to it back in the day really i do agree that he's a, an incredible mc um he's he's the voice you know he's the biggest one of the best mcs that ever lived and i hear that and i like it and i love love his rapping style but you know it's got to be married with beats that i'm into and i just never loved the beats on this album you know me i'm more of a beats man. are they a bit, they a bit too heavy for you they're not heavy i don't know what it is it's just they're a bit too I mean, there's some, I mean, there's some stuff on here I love. Like everyday struggle is just, yeah, just it's a bit I more jazz, bit more, bit more jazzy. And I just and, and they, you know, they put. I think they put the the five stair steps break underneath it as well. And it's like that. That's one of my favorites. I love that, and the hook's yeah. brilliant. Um, and there's some good stuff on it, but I don't know. It's just something about it. I don't know whether it was that whole bad boy, puffy kind of clean, crisp aesthetic they had in the music yeah. but it just didn't quite it never grabbed me like like in the way it should and it seems to grab everybody else yeah. but i will admit you know the first five tracks are i think some of the best stuff on here i am a big fan of easy moby as well who did a lot of the beats on this on yeah. this album yeah and you can hear his style in there and his big snares and all that sort of stuff he's someone i never really dug into apart from this i, I don't yeah. know i really should he's behind so many of my favorite hip-hop moments like yeah you know, flavor in your ear and things like that yeah. But don't you think like the rapping is like classic rapping, but the production, there's nothing on there you think, oh yeah, that's standout classic. Yeah, production. not really. I have to. It, it bores me. The songs just bore me as I'm listening to them. I just don't. They don't grab me. And maybe that. Maybe these are my issues. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think. I, yeah. I think you know. Everyone. You know. I've got. I've got similar albums that I feel that way about. I just. I really. I just struggle to see how to see how you feel that about these songs like to me they're just really they're really engaging and yeah like, that's yeah, yeah just sort of baff bafflement really it kind of what, uh, what it is that you that, that you don't sort of get about it yeah it's uh it's one of those where it's ingrained in me at the time of purchase you know i buy yeah. it i listen to it and if i'm not feeling it then that kind of taints my view on you know as we yeah. go forward yeah. i've revisited it uh, i just i can't get into it so, uh, it's, it's, it, I can't explain it. I genuinely cannot explain it. So, so Danny, when I like, I'm I'm not disappointed that Gorilla Funk is in the semi-final because I love that album as well. But when you listen to Ready to Die, when I mm. listen to Ready to Die, you like, I get a feeling that I'm listening to like greatness. And like, mm. you, I agree with that. that yeah. As an MC, admit, yeah, you admit that he's an he's a great MC, and I don't get you, you just don't get the same feeling when you listen to Paris's album. No, he's not. He's not by no means. He's not a you know a great lyricist, Paris. But 
I'm what 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 I'm looking for when I put a hip hop album on is to be entertained, for it to excite me. And yeah. I I listen to Gorilla Funk and I, it's a really exciting album. I, I it it makes me smile. It's a great I listen album. to it. Definitely yeah, a great album. and it makes the blood flow through my veins. And I, I put Ready to Die on. It just it leaves me cold. And I just can't explain it. It's just a, one of those things. I never liked it, even though I recognise, like you know, Rakim. Notorious B.I.G. is one of the greatest yeah. MCs of all time. Yeah. But I cannot connect with it. There's just this thing, this barrier that's stopping me loving this album as much as I should. I'll listen to it, you know, I'll, I'll nod along and I'll, you know, I'll put it on and I'll think, oh, that was a good line or, you know, that's a clever idea. Or, I love that sample, but I just, I can't, I can't fall in love with it like everybody else does. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get, you know, mail now, emails. Yeah, I get it. There's, you know, there are there are lots of albums that I, I feel that way yeah. about and I feel like almost like a shame that I yeah. don't like that I must have something wrong with me that I don't like you know yeah rack him so much whatever it is but yeah I, I yeah. get it hip-hop shame it's a real thing um yeah so yeah so for that reason you know because I we, me and you Larry we've got this attachment to Gorilla Funk it's 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 dumped Biggie Smalls out of the tournament um, uh, it's I did I did find myself earlier thinking have I made a grievous error here right I'm, I'm not convinced that i haven't i'm, I'm gonna stick you know once, once you've made your vote you yeah. voted for it but i really you know the many many sleepless nights over, over this one yeah well i mean yeah you, you say that i listened to gorilla funk today and it confirmed that i made the absolute right decision <laughs> because it is okay. an absolute masterpiece anyway <laughs> anyway biggie smalls dumped out of the competition and one of the greatest shocks in hip-hop world cup history um so yeah goodbye biggie Uh, we're moving on now to the third match in the quarterfinals, the third quarterfinal uh, between Method Man and Casual, uh, an East versus West affair. Uh, we have Method Man's Tikal versus Casual's Fear Itself. Now, in this one, we had a 2-1 win for Method Man. Uh, Steve, you went for Method Man. Uh, Larry, what did you go for? I went for Method Man. Absolutely. So there's two for Method Man and uh, Fear Itself got the sole vote for me again, dissenting mm. voice. Um, so this one I can understand a bit more. I can understand why a person wouldn't like to cow. I can, de- yeah. I, can de- it, I, I know that it just really yeah. isn't your bag musically. Yeah. No. It's Absolutely. a very hard album to listen to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But what are your thoughts, Steve, on, on Fear Itself? Well, I slept on this album. Um, you know, put my hands up and say that this is an album I'm not. I wasn't so familiar with and it's an album I love now I, I love the, the hieroglyphics production uh, some of your favourite producers on there uh, and he's a great rapper isn't he I, I you know like his cadence I like like his, his what he raps about and there's 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 some really great classic traps uh, tracks on here I didn't mean to love, love the way he raps on that yeah um, that's quite an interesting uh, track actually because it's got kind of got like a backwards sample in it doesn't it kind of the beat kind of sounds like it's going backwards yeah, yeah. uh i love yeah really good really innovative sorry go on it's very 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 clever track uh and then uh then we got it like that love that track this is how we rip shit brilliant 
and Chained Minds. I don't know if you two like that one, but it's kind of like feels like that's like a slight change in the production style when it gets that track. It's kind of a bit more sparse, and, and I really like that. So uh, I think it's a really great long player. There's a few weaker tracks that, that let it down when it gets to kind of like this point in the tournament. Um, but yeah, great production, good rapping, but just not great enough to get any further. And, and uh, I think, you know, Larry and I probably talk in detail about our love for Takao in the next round, but I, it, would, it, it was not going to, for me, it was going to come close to beating Method Man. No, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, Casual got my vote um, in this one just because, well, you know, we'll talk about Takao later on. But but for me, you know, I, I absolutely love this this Casual album. He's he's very much like uh, Common, you know, another 90, who, another rapper who had an album out in 94 that we'll talk about. Um, he's He's got he, one of these who's got great wordplay, very clever similes, metaphors, uh, and a slight, one of those kind of slightly more manic wordy verbose styles he packs a lot of words in he's very quite manic at times uh quite animated but you know for me obviously i love the beats so the production i find is amazing you know the, i think this is probably this might be the best hieroglyphics album um some of the best beats on it for me anyway i just think the, the production is incredible jazzy really unusual kind of weird samples yeah. that you wouldn't yeah. find yeah you know many other places they really dig in the crates the hieroglyphics uh, crew um and I just, I love it. There's so many good tracks on it. I do think it's probably a little bit long. I, I, I think some of it could have been trimmed down, like 16 tracks. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. it kind of drags on when you've got that in, in that same style all the way through. But, you know, there's loads of great standout moments. My, for me, my favourite track was always Who's It On with that um, Nathan Davis sample on there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really nice, jazzy saxophones, all that sort of stuff. And it's also like a posse cut. They all come in and do a, do a verse on that. Uh, but like you say, Steve, um, you know, uh, what was it? That's how it is. Is great. You flunked is a great uh, intro. Yeah. That double bass yeah. sample. Really good, yeah. I just, yeah. There's so many great things on here, and there's it kind of samples sort of black exploitation soundtracks and sort of obscure jazzy jazz artists. I just think it's really innovative, very unusual, and I think Casual's a really engaging rapper. Um, sometimes is the pitch of his voice, the tone of his voice can be a bit grating. He's a bit kind of not nasal but he just kind of yeah but um but otherwise yeah just a really really solid solid album i used to listen to this quite a lot back in the day so um yeah that's why i got my vote uh larry what are your thoughts on fear itself i think it did incredibly well to get to this point <laughs> really I, I think most people would be surprised to find it in the top eight albums of 1994 <laughs> yeah. well, um, i don't know there's there's much there's a lot of love for this album is there okay yeah. it's yeah it's it's not a bad album by by any means but i, I personally only heard it um i think like a few years ago mm. um and i remember quite liking it at first but it just never made it into my regular kind of listening um, I just think it's kind of it's very average. It's got no not that it should matter, but it's got it's got no kind of historical significance like a lot of other kind of albums in this year do. I think the beats are generally quite dull. Um, his voice is really interesting at first, but I just can't listen to it over the course of a whole album. Yeah, it's it just, does great. It does great slightly. It's really it's, like, it's really it's, it's it's really unique. Um, I think for me, the best thing he ever did was his verse on What's the Real by Curious. Um, and listening to that today, it just reminded me that it's my fault that the Curious album isn't in this competition. Um, and it should be. Mm. And I didn't advocate for it strongly enough. So I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. 
Shame, but that's that's you know the, the, the hip hop World Cup is a cruel mistress, and sometimes we don't get the the, uh, the competitors that we should. Um, this is it. So yeah, I just I, I just don't really have. I don't can't it all sort of the, the whole album sort of blends into one for me. Really, I can't really give any comments about individual tracks because I just I couldn't really listen to it for that long. Yeah, well, no, that's fair enough. I mean, and for that reason, you're probably pretty happy to see it sort of dumped out at the quarterfinal stage. Um, I will just one final thing on it um, I, that I always kind of made me love it is the intro, the, his rap on the intro. Uh, he claims it's off the top of the dome, but I don't believe him. It sounds very written. I don't believe. I love that. No, and I it's one of those rhymes I can recite. I won't do it now. I'll spare you. But I it, I it, I love it so much that I've I kind of memorized it, and I, I just uh, it, it's one of those unusual intros that is kind of like stuck with me anyway uh so that's yeah okay so that's uh, match three uh quarter final three that sees Takao uh going through 2-1 against fear itself by casual Uh, and in the final match in this round, uh, we have Illmatic by Nas, the legendary, legendary Five Mic album, up against the Beat Nuts debut album, which some people call Street Level. I don't, but um, no, it's not Street Level. No, it's called the, the streaming services. The streaming platforms call it Street Level. Do they? Yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. I'm not it's saying been, they're right, but no, it's been embraced. That's been embraced as its name in the intervening years, but it originally was not called uh, Street Level. Anyway, we're, we're <coughs> We're nitpicking here. Um, yeah. So in this uh, game, uh, we saw Illmatic win two-one with once again myself being the dissenting voice waiting for the beat, yeah, which I know, which I know you going will, you're going to re- you're going to find very strange and very unusual. I, I I can't put into words how much I love the Beat Nuts album. Like, <laughs> it's, I'm I'm one of its biggest biggest advocates. I listen to it all the time. Today I put it on all the time. I love the Beat Nuts as a production outfit. I just find their style of hip hop just so engaging. The, 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 the production, are... the production is brilliant. But what yeah. about the rapping? Yeah, but I, but that's all the other thing. I love their rapping as well. I love their kind of the tag team style. You know, where one comes yeah. in and there's a crew of them and they they'll do bits of reverse and they'll they'll come in and they they make it's it so really basic. exciting. They make it's it so really basic. exciting. It's not it's not basic though. But it's, <laughs> it's entertainment. It, it, their, their rapping is the most basic rhyming, and the, the theme's the same on every track. Then, then why can I why can I recite most of the album, but I, I couldn't tell you any of, of Illmatic? Why 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 does why because, does that make it worse? Like because because the beat notes is easy to remember. They probably their vocabulary is probably you know a few. No, but I'm, I'm more I'm more. Compelled. Nas is one of the most poetical you know vocabulary rich albums that you'll come across. So. Uh, it's just a lot of the same on Beat Nuts, you know. But I'm more compelled to want track. to remember them. That's the problem. Is that <laughs> I, I just I don't want to learn Nazis. Right? I don't want to remember them. I, I listen yeah, you, to Illmatic. Like I find I find it boring. A lot of you like verses. you like the hedonism, don't you? I like the I like the people who really want to entertain you and they want to give you something that makes you you know go oh and get the blood pulsing around your veins. I don't, the, the, the Robbie Nazis, Williams of yeah, the Robbie Williams, the technical the technical rappers like Nas and Biggie. Yeah, they're brilliant. They're awesome. But if they don't make me, if they don't make the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end as I'm driving along in my car, then it's not. You know, I won't listen to it as much as I do the albums that do. That yeah, but you can listen to just one beat nuts track over and over again. The same one. It's the same. The same topic. It's hedonistic. It's mis- misogynistic. 
it's i'm not like you know a lot of hip-hop's like that but it's just so samey but it's but it's done so well it's like the samples they choose the way they stitch it together the beats that makes you uh, nod your head the way the the interplay the way they rap um and and i just i can't pick out many bad tracks on the album it's it's one of those i can listen to all the way through uh yeah i just for me the beat nuts just I'm a massive fan of the Beat Nuts, and uh, I listen to this a hell of a lot more than I did Illmatic back in the day. You've got uh, a lot more will willpower than I have to get, to listen to this album over and over again because I, I get tired. I don't know about you, Larry. I, I get tired listening to it. You know, I can't. I don't think I can listen to it all the way through because it just is so. I don't know, samey. Well, you obviously have no taste in hip hop. <laughs> you don't know what you're listening to because, because I know, I know, I know you love this album, but I, and yeah, I, you know, I love it. I'm, and don't get me wrong, I know that Illmatic is a masterpiece and I know that this is mental. <laughs> that, that I'm not saying for a moment that Illmatic, um, that Beat Nuts is a better album than Illmatic. Don't get don't get it twisted. No. I just I'm just speaking from my heart and I'm telling you what makes what album I enjoy listening to more. And as this is a is as this is a favorite, not best podcast. Yeah, I have to go with my heart. I think yeah. this is like it's like it's like the Gorilla Funk yeah. ready to die thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, definitely. So, but you're you know you're I, I take on board the criticism of this album. Right? It's not poetry. It's you know they're talking about you know getting drunk and shagging and all that sort of stuff and smoking <laughs> drugs. But. It just adds up to a really entertaining package for me, and I've just always adored this. And I like being I like being the person who likes this album. Um, right, it's got some brilliant like champion. Superbad is brilliant, isn't it? That's an absolute hip hop classic. That's the mm. best track that kind of suits their flow and their style. See, that's my least favorite track on the album you've picked out there. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So which, uh, one's, your favorite? which one's your favorite? Uh, well, it was always props over here for for ages because that was yeah. the one I that was the one I in, was introduced to them um, through, and I, they used to, they, the video used to be on MTV Raps, and I used to love that track. I love the sample and the beat and everything, and yeah. it's the one they hate. They hate that track because it was really? their big hit. Yeah, it was their commercial smash. It's like their Radiohead creep kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. I um, think if if you were a DJ in a club in a, in a hip hop club and you had just cleared the floor because you'd put on something really terrible if you if you wanted to get everybody in the room back on that on that floor you put props over here on yeah exactly get them get them going and interestingly uh, yeah you get props is like was it's like that's re- weird isn't it's it weird it's, it was a remix they did of props over here um that they prefer they that's their version of props right. over here that they prefer but props over here kind of blew up and everything i, I yeah. remember i was listening to i listened to another podcast interview with them it's really interesting uh, but anyway, that's that's my reason for why I voted for it over Realmatic. Uh, you know, don't at me. Um, but that, there you have it. Uh, yeah. So, Larry, have you given your thoughts on the beat nuts? Are you just yeah, I, I, th- I think um, I think I al- I always assumed that I really liked the album without really kind of thinking about it too much. Um, but yeah, it, it's got some incredible tracks. You know, one of them we've just spoken about. Um, let off a couple I love I could just I could listen to that oh, loop yeah. all day long um, the love and happiness loop Monty Alexander yeah. yes uh, yeah I looked that looked oh, that up earlier it's just absolutely fantastic so so simple uh, as all the best ones are really but um, yeah I think my thoughts on it very much echo Steve's um, I think overall it's far too similar sounding to hold my interest um, 
it's weird. It's kind of it's one of those ones. It's a bit like sort of the, the main ingredient that we talked about last time. It's got all of the kind of right things that I like in an album that I should love. It's you know it's got the samples that really appeal to me. The drums on this are especially like crunchy and raw, but for some reason it just doesn't quite fit together in a way that holds my attention. And I and I find myself skipping tracks very quickly. I think once the the tracks have like revealed themselves to you after a few bars. Yeah. That's kind of it, really. Uh, and I think for me, it's some of it is in the beats just being a bit average. But rap-wise, I just don't think they've got anything interesting to say. Um, I don't think they have memorable voices. They're not technically particularly good. Um, yeah. That's why I like them. Yeah. Do you know? Do, do you know? Do you know what my kind of takeaway from it is? And Steve will probably appreciate this more than you, Danny. I know that this is kind of. I know that they came later, but to me, beat nuts are like an inferior people under the stairs. Yeah, it's a similar. <laughs> it's a similar thing. You listen to like question the form of an answer. Yeah, that's. It's a similar kind of thing. That is I, the I, most outrageous thing I think you've ever said. I ex- I, ex- I, I expect Fez One would rate <laughs> like the beat nut, Would rate the beat nuts as like some of his most influential some of his kind of biggest points of influence like he obviously kind of takes from them but i just you know yeah it, I, I stick by it they just yeah. they don't engage me whereas someone like people under the stairs it's a similar thing but just they sort of refine refine the formula fun, maybe more much refined, more, fun, more interesting, refined yeah. interesting yeah. version of it i just yeah i just don't just don't feel this album i'm afraid well all right well yeah we'd have to agree to disagree on that one um but as i said it's a it's a moot point because uh ilmatic went through thanks to you two chumps two one <laughs> um so that completes our semi-final lineup so the four albums that have gone through to the semi-finals are common sense's resurrection paris's gorilla funk Method Man's Tikal and Illmatic by Nas. Chaps is a decent semi-final lineup. I think there's one in there that may be sort of a, a bit of a surprise, as we've said. But overall, this should be a, an entertaining uh, semi-final lineup. Yeah. yeah. I think there might be... Do you think there'll be some upsets? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I still can't get my head around. I'm still processing what's gone but, through. And I'm still processing what upset. we've just talked about here. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go and have a lie down before we start the semis. Anyway, so join us after this when we'll be back with the semi-finals of the Hip Hop World Cup. 1994. So hi, welcome back. Um, we've left the comfort of the corporate box now and we're pitch side at the Rose Bowl Stadium in, P- in Pasadena for the semi-finals of the Hip Hop World Cup 1994. Diana Ross is back out on the pitch up to her old tricks again. Uh, this time she's taking the uh, the crossbar challenge, trying to hit the crossbar from the halfway line. Uh, she's popped that one into Rose Z. That's quite a that's quite a shocking effort there, Diana. Ooh, now she's got, she's, got shirt, she's got a shirt over her head now. Oh dear. She's not uh, so supreme on the football not, pitch, is she? Lovely stuff. Not anymore. No. Anyway, let's leave her to it. Um, so we're going to go over to Steve now in our uh, sort of temporary green screen studio that we've had set up here um, to do the draw. Um, again, looks like he's floating. Um, and you've got a very, very special guest with you there, Steve. I need to do the draw with you. Uh, who have you got? 
Yeah, I've got to be really careful what I, what I say here um, because I don't actually know how um, why he's here or how he got here, but um, it's Suge Knight. And, um, and actually, you know, viewers will probably, um, well, they might think that he should be in, in, in jail at the moment and he, and he should be. So I, I honestly don't know how he got here. I didn't invite him. He's just turned just up here. to do the draw. He's broken so, out. Well, you need to be careful. Again, you know, he's not above uh, our contracts. He's not allowed to speak again. Let's just make that clear. The man Um, I always used to refer to as Marion Suge Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And joining uh, Suge Knight there to help you as well is Brian Barwick uh, from the FA. So um, let's go, Steve. Let's get the uh, first album out of the hat. Okay. uh, First one out is... Common Sense, Resurrection. Oh, okay. We've gone out first against M-E-T-H-O-D, man. It's okay. a cow. Okay. Wow. Okay. I think we can hit C with a final shaping up, can't we? I think we can. Uh, so we've still got to do the draw. Sugar's Shug is, is, is desperate to pull the other balls out. He's very contractual. Right, let's, let's do it now then. Go on, what's the other one, just to make it formal? So it's uh, G-Funk, Gorilla Funk. By Paris against Nasty Naz, Romatic. That's a strange old match, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, yeah, the first match was uh, two lyrical heavyweights, uh, Common Sense, uh, as I called him, uh, and Method Man uh, going up against each other, Tick Alvey Resurrection. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? Uh, uh, Steve, come on, let's, you, let's kick this one off. Yeah, well, let's yeah, let's start with uh, with resurrection because I, I, I already talked about this album a little bit before, didn't I? Saying actually, you know, I've always kind of said to you two, oh, this this album's rubbish and it's not as good as you two make it out. But you know, well, I'm going to say it, and you can you know fall over collapse. But I, th- I do think this is a great album, and I think it's like it stands on its own in this year in terms of like its kind of style and the way it sounds. It's a little bit kind of ahead of its time. And uh, and and I know you keep calling him common sense, but he was common sense here, still, wasn't he? I think. And this yeah, is, he was. Yeah, yeah. It was his last album. But he, you know, his voice does annoy me. I think this is what you know I find difficult. But then his lyricism is just superb. You know, his metaphors and his punchlines are just excellent. In fact, they're as good as Biggie, but he can't deliver with them, deliver them with the same impact because of his voice. You know, I just, I just wish he had a different voice because he would. I think he'd be considered a, a much greater rapper than, than than he is. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's an album with no poor tracks. I just don't have the personal attachment you, you two do, but I, 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 you know, you'd be pleased to hear. I really do appreciate, and I do do like this album. Well, that's really that's really encouraging to hear, Steve. And it's funny you say that about his, his sort of his voice, and because in the on his first album, Can I Borrow a Dollar, he was a lot more energetic he was really sort of manic hyper you know you would i don't know if you ever heard that album but it's i think yep. you, you 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 wouldn't get on board with that one even more i don't get on with that album what he what he does in this album he does calm it down i think in even one of one of the tracks he says you know calm and calm down doesn't he, he kind of yeah brings it down a notch he, he's a very uh he's a conscious decision to make himself a little bit calmer a little bit sort of because he's growing up growing up a bit but yeah, Larry. I mean, I know you you love this this album yeah. lot, like I do. So so what is it? So distill down what it is you love about this album. That it, that's tricky, isn't it? I think like going going into this whole podcast enterprise, I had it in my mind that this was probably my favourite album ever. 
Um, certainly kind of, you know, you and me, Danny, we've got the same top three. It's this, it's Death Certificate, it's the second NWA album. Mm. We've never been able to kind of quite rate them in relation to each other. So just that's just to give people a, a kind of idea of the reverence I have for it. Um, but the problem I kind of find myself with it is kind of how to articulate why I love it in a way that does it justice that, that I kind of think it deserves, really. Um, and I'm glad Steve has brought up the kind of lyricism on this because I just feel completely inadequate in my ability to kind of describe exactly why he's such an incredible lyricist. And I think actually some of the verses on this album are kind of worthy of proper like academic yeah. exploration, mm-hmm. like yeah. especially in trying to articulate why he's so far ahead of pretty much everyone else up until this point in hip-hop history, I think, which I know is a big thing to say. But I would just urge anyone out there that hasn't listened to this album to, or even anyone that has listened to it, does know it, listen to it while having the lyrics in front of you. Because I kind of realised today that while I've been listening to this for, you know, over 20 years, there's so much on there where I just didn't, I don't know what he's actually saying. And to see it written now is, is absolutely staggering just like the, the the title track in itself i can kind of i can almost wrap it without really knowing the words if you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. but but actually seeing the words written out it's just some of the stuff he comes out with is is he's so clever it's phenomenal it's like double double meanings double like, meanings all, that's it it's, it's, it, the, the double meanings is definitely one of the key aspects of it um i think i i'm with you a little bit steve on his voice and I always kind of thought that actually he had one of the best voices ever. And I kind of stick by that, but I can also see how it would grate with people a bit because his voice today on his current albums can bug me a little bit. Oh, 100%. You, you, you like your nasal rappers as well, don't you? I think he is, sort, he is sort of nasal in a way, but I don't know. He's kind of... Um, it's it's obviously not enough to put me off. I you know I do like the voice. I almost feel like he. I've always felt like he kind of he exaggerates his own uh, sort of idiosyncrasies. Mm. I don't know if that makes any yeah. sense. It's like he kind of he he it's like he exaggerates the kind of annoying parts of of what his voice and his flow is like. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he is a great great lyricist it's, it's like, just it's incredible. one of the most clever just one of the cleverest rappers some of the like, is is there anything like on resurrection was is there anything up until this point in time that can touch resurrection like to me i remember hearing that and being like i would it's what we used to call like next level stuff it was like it it was like it was reinventing rapping to me mm. is that is that an over exaggeration i don't think there's anything this intricate really yeah, but the, the the other thing with with the this album is that I used to love her. that that track is yep. so clever as well. Like he's saying that in 1994. Yeah, yeah. it's like bonkers. That is and one of the the best concept raps yeah. of all time. I mean, but, but it, it happened in '94. It's almost yeah. like you know, people weren't thinking of doing that stuff till he was far He's ahead of his time. I, I, I think with that track, it's that track that taught me to properly listen to music. 
Yeah. It, I like, think on, I, I remember the penny drop moment. I remember hearing that and love it, like love, like being really engaged with the story, but not quite latching on to what he was talking about. And then when he kind of explains it at the end, you think you immediately want to rewind and listen to it exactly. again. So you can pick it all up again. Just, yeah. just yeah, on that point, it, that, that's, it's one of those albums that rewards repeat listens. That's yeah. one of the, that's why yeah. it stood the test of time, I think, from what you've been saying, Larry. Yeah. And, and for, certainly from my perspective is that you can listen to it again. It's so densely packed with yeah. lyrics yeah. and musical touches, loads of things, loads of bits. It's, it's little things like um, I was guilty in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Was, like guilty innocence. Like yeah. that's just so, it doesn't it's, doesn't necessarily make much sense, but in yeah. the moment you're just like fucking hell, that is yeah. so, like how it's, like how, how, new one one put, how did no one put those two things together like yet? Yeah, it's it's so nuanced. There's so much to dig out and listen. And like you say, here for the first time, you know, 20, 30 years later, uh, yeah. you know, to to create something, to, a piece of art like that that still yeah. allows you to pick things out of it and meaning. Yeah. And things you never notice it's just incredible. I, 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 like, I, I notice things today like through reading it like yeah. there's a bit in resurrection where he says i i'll take all the funk out of it he says i bathe in beats rinse in riffs dry in drums mm. look at a washing like, machine i i like i'm bathed i'm completely immersed and then in, the immortal in, opening in rap music I, I, it's, it's that's amazing is that i stagger in the gathering possessed by pattering that be scattering over the global my vocals be traveling and unraveling the abdomen yeah i mean it's it's on another level the right like the rhyme the rhyme schemes there are I'd, 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 i would love to hear the thoughts of you know somebody who knows their poetry yeah. really well and don't get me started like don't get me started on communism because oh. i mean what he does on that track it's incredible. I mean, it's a simple concept. It's to see how many words you can get starting in com. Yeah. Because he's called common sense in, into, into yeah. it. The way he stitches them together, the way he packs them all in, the way he flows from one to the other. It's just, it's breathtaking. And it always has taken my breath away. Yeah. Watermelon. Danny, this is, Danny, there's such a juxtaposition between this and your love of beat nuts. I, well, I know, I know. This is, this is what, but, but, but you bring me on to the other part of this equation is the beats on this yeah. are fantastic. Yeah. No ID knocks it out of yeah. the park on this album yeah, yeah he yeah. the some of the stuff on this album is some of my favorite hip-hop beats of all time yeah it's absolutely incredible i don't to explain it it's kind of like it's kind of like nostalgic soul it's so soulful it's jazz isn't it, has, it it's well. jazz but it's got this kind of real fuzzy yeah. 70s soul yeah nostalgic quality but with the beats behind it they're so crisp and so big and you know i just he, uh, this is amazing this is an amazing amazing piece I, of production and like and like steve mentioned it is like musically it, it does it is it's not quite it's not boom bap is it quite no, and, no, and, it, no, and no, it is no. it is diff, is a bit different it is qualitatively different from yeah. like it's you know it's cut from the, a similar cloth to like i don't know premiere but it doesn't sound anything yeah. like it all the parts no. are there it's it's or q-tip or any of those kind of guys like he he is up there on this album with any of those people i think and oh, it's and the whole thing i tell you what though i think you were about to mention this danny it's got one of the worst bits of sequencing ever in a hip-hop album to have resurrection i used to love her and then watermelon i see but i look quite like watermelon really because it kind of Ugh. well i was going to say with i think it completely break breaks the flow that they've established yeah but i've point. just got used to it being part of the 
the flow of what comes next. Yeah. And like, it's not it's not a, it's not a terrible terrible no, no. And, like that. But it's I was one of say the weak ones, but just to put it there, it's just like yeah. this is this is why Illmatic is so tight. It's yeah. 10, 10 tight tracks apart from maybe one. Yeah. This is just this has just got a few in there which like yeah. but that just bring it down just a notch. Like something yeah. like orange pineapple juice, it's not bad. But like watermelon, it just interrupts the flow a little bit. It's yeah, a bit unnecessary. Yeah. It's not quite. It's not quite on the level of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you've got you've got the resurrect, you've got the knockout one-two punch of resurrection and I used to love it. I'll take your point. Yeah. Maybe watermelon was perhaps not the most natural yeah. choice to put there, but but I've got used to it as being there as part of the sequence of the album. But yeah. you know, I think the other only other one I don't really like is some shit I wrote towards the end. But because yeah, it's towards the end, I yeah. don't mind it. You don't mind so yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Even like maintaining is great. It's just maintaining's but, uh, good. Like chapter like, thirty. Chapter 13. Chapter 13. I've never ever heard. I've never heard a hip hop track like Chapter 13, before or or after. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. It takes that Archie Whitewater sample and does something with it. And I've just been like obsessed with that track ever since. Yeah. You've got obviously this is me. Um, oh, that's so funky. I love that. Yeah, funky. You've got. You've also got nothing to do, which oh, one of I my mean, favorites. that's just great. That Absolutely sample, funny. that sample is, it just makes me, it takes me to another place. It really yeah. does. Just where, how did you find that? I've looked it up. I know what it is. And I've heard it in the context of the original song that he sampled, but for some reason it just, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was digging in different crates, wasn't he? No he idea. was digging in different crates. Yeah. I, it, they were very like a, that sort of like fuzzy kind of old soul from the seventies. Yeah, he was digging in those sorts of like, crates. This is me. I think it's oh, like an Alton McLean and Alton McLean and Destiny. I'd say it's such a little detail that I love about this album, and I don't know if you two have kind of. It's the it's the bit in Resurrection where it at the end where it fades out and comes back mm. in again. Yeah, it's got that brilliant scratch routine. And what's so clever about it is that, and I don't know, maybe this is just obvious from day one. It's being resurrected. Mm. Yeah, that's again that's really clever. Like, that again, like how clever is that to do that? Like you could. Yeah. Oh, there's no yeah. need to do that at the end, but no. just to take it out and then bring it back, it just it just adds another layer, yeah. and it just it tells you, it shows you what you're dealing with on this yeah. album. And talking of adding another layer, there's a, there's I can, you know, you, you you said you find it hard to articulate Larry why you love this album so much, but for me, there's another layer to it, yeah. in that it came out at a very very special time in my life. I was kind yeah. of, it was around that time, you know, we were going to parties, we were getting our first jobs, you know, it was. Uh, just it was a really really great time and I just remember being in these house parties where you know we would put this on in the middle of the night and it would come in with res 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 and that yeah. would and that would just kind of and then it would come in with that uh, Ahmad Jamal sample the do dolphin dancing yeah um it just it has this really nostalgic warm soulful feeling for me this album every time I yeah. listen to it it takes me back there to that time yeah. And I guess that's how a lot of music works. And there was a lot of other albums that came out in 94 that don't do that for me. But I think it was the combination of the type of music that was on this, combined with the sort of memorable lyricism that he brought to it, combined with the time of life I heard it, it adds up to this big package that just... I, yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be... Like, Steve, if, if you kind of were more... If you had got into this a long time ago properly, where would it rank for you? Well, it's interesting. So I, I kind of just made a note here to kind of like, because I, you know, to talk about it in the moment, because 
This is an album I, that lots of people won't consider a great album or a classic yeah. album. So, so there's something about this album that makes it kind of not so accessible because it, and it is a cerebral album because and, it, and it's so fascinating to hear you two talk so passionately about it. And, and I definitely haven't had those insights that you, you two have. I don't know, maybe it's a maturity thing. I don't know what it is that hooked you to. And at the time, like you say, Danny, it was kind of, you know, you were going through all those kind of teenage years and I didn't didn't get that album at that time. Um, so I don't know, I, I, it'd be interesting, Larry. I think in a, in a year's time, after I've listened to this more, or maybe, I don't know, come to love it a bit more, ask, Some, ask me again. Yeah, sometimes you just can't, you can't go back. Like, you know, there are albums that we've listened, that we've, that I've listened to as, for this podcast for the first time, that I recognise, I recognise how incredible they are, but you just, you can't attach that feeling that you had to it initially. And I think like this album, like I loved hip hop already. This just elevated the art form for me and demonstrated to me what it could be. And I think from that point, I was like, this is the album against which everything else was judged. And why would I listen to something frivolous when I could just listen to this? It's like everything yeah. after this yeah. had to kind of be aiming for this it was a standard it, it was a new benchmark yeah i mean that's the beauty of music i, I think know, we've i think we've, we've i think we spent a lot of time on that album i think yeah. we need to talk about its uh yeah. its competitor now because you know it's got a hell of a lot to live up to to cowboy method man can, can i go first on this one yeah yeah the, the reason is is that i bought this album danny on the back of you giving um, me uh, a mixtape that had released yo delf on it yeah. And um, and when I when I heard it on that kind of mixtape, I can't even remember what other tracks on there. I think maybe Natural Born Killers was on there. It 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 kind of like secured itself as like one of my favourite tracks ever. So I went out and bought the album, and and I got back and I just I couldn't believe what I bought. I was like, oh my god, this is like impossible to listen to. I you know I hate I hate this. This is like ridiculous. And it was a time when I was like properly getting into hip hop and. And it was like, and looking back, like putting it in, into kind of some kind of perspective now, I can't imagine having to listen to a more hardcore hip hop album. But having said all that, it was worth me persevering with it because I think I owe this album a lot because I think it taught me to, to appreciate harder hip hop and, 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 and hip hop that's kind of, I don't know, a bit more kind of complicated because I think this is a bit of a kind of, genius of uh, uh, of an album and it's and, it, and again it comes back to RZA doesn't it RZA is an absolute genius to be able to match these like crazy yeah. fast beats to Method Man there probably no but there's probably not many rappers like Method Man that could have kind of pulled this al album off because I you know I do love this album now you know and Method Man is unusual his voice is unusual his flow is quite unusual he kind of like He's like got that like undulating, pulsing, I don't know, uh, rapping, and it does lo lots of random stuff, a bit like ODB, but maybe a bit more kind of coherent than him. Yeah. Mm. He's very unique. Mm. He's, he's really unique, isn't he? Yeah, and he, he, he keeps you on your toes. He was I'm never right. able to do, to do, you know, a good album after this one. I think the stuff he did up, you know, subsequently was never kind of as, as yeah. good because I don't think the beats were hard enough for his kind of like uh, rhyme. So, so I just wanted to kind of say, I, I kind of feel I'm probably a bit more like you two, that I've got such a personal attachment to this one. It's kind of like, 
it's kind of cemented itself in in my kind of subconscious because of how much effort I had to put into like getting yeah. to know it, and getting to love it. And I think I was probably the same actually. When I go yeah. back and listen to it now, and I realise how many classics and like bring the pain. That is like just such a head nodder. You know, the beats yeah. are so fast, but you you're just nodding along and, and like all that all that I need, which you know. Uh, I can't remember who the R&B singers they did the remix on. I, I'm not interested in that one, but the just the lyrics in there are just superb, absolutely brilliant. Um, and then what the blood clot? That is just like proper hardcore hip hop. It's just it's just like mad, really. You know, this is like lots of raw stuff. Sub crazy, just really raw. And you know, yeah, I raw, think raw is one word for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really raw. And I know, Danny, you don't. I don't think this is palatable to kind of your ear, but. I also think this has aged really well. I don't know how, what you consider, what you think about this album, Larry, but I don't, I don't skip anything on this album. I, I really enjoy listening to it. I think it's a timeless album. With a, you know, with a, you know, most of the album is RZA. I think there's like Ninth Disciple did a couple of tracks on there, but with a genius pro- producer, a unique rapper, I think it's a fantastic album. So, well, Larry, you go next because uh, I know you're a, a fan of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think what it <clears throat> what it comes down to, I just love how kind of off kilter and weird the beats are. Yeah, like, I've this is probably responsible for me going down that path of liking kind of more abstract, hard to hard to kind of. Uh, process weird samples. It's kind of got more in common with trip hop than than hip hop, really. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure of the timeline. I know sort of like you know the first Portishead album was kind of in, was in '94. I don't know who was kind of influencing who, but to me, it's kind of sounds like it could have been made in Bristol, basically, um, you know, <laughs> ra- rather than New York. Um, yeah, some of it's it's a weird mix, but like the ones that I really like are tracks like Takao, um, yeah. Sub Crazy, PLO Style, Mr. Sandman. They're just all weird. Like I can I can understand why people would really dislike them, but it's that kind of thing that it gives me a, a weird, perverse kind of. Um, pleasure that i love these tracks and other people would just like be really scratching their heads at why they can even be listened to at all um like on some of those tracks like the drums are barely there like they're just buried under kind of low pass filters and like in the case of sub crazy there's like there's not even a kick drum on no. there or a, or a snare it, really it's like a- it's, it's like a, it's like a pitched down kind of hand clap that's buried yeah. in loads of reverb and delay yeah. and that su- kind of thing that kind of sound design just really appeals to my kind of aesthetic yeah. preferences really um yeah i think it's kind of the precursor to me kind of getting into stuff like company flow and yeah, yeah, lp yeah. and all that kind of weird stuff um and it just goes it wouldn't i don't think it would work with any other rapper i think method man is just perfect for this and like you say steve like and as we said before rizza like whether you like all of the individual albums or not and i don't like them all especially but he is the master of producing an album for an artist. Yeah. Like all of the albums that he produced for like for Method Man, for ODB, for Jizza, they match those rappers just absolutely perfectly. And this it, is it just must a, have been a, a conscious decision. 
he must have consciously been thinking about that because it can't. Yeah, be- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 a proper, he's he's a producer in the proper yeah. sense of the word. He doesn't just like you know someone like Premier, as great as he is, yeah. you know. He, he, I, I, I don't think he makes a beat thinking, oh, this, this will sound good for a J-Root beat or this will be good for yeah. a group home beat. It's just he makes yeah. beats and people say, oh, I'll have that one. Whereas yeah, Rizzo really know. just knows. I don't know. I think you could have any of the Wu-Tangers over any of these. Really? Uh, no, no chance. Method Man is so... You, you might get away with ODB on some of these, but he, he's... Method, be Method, apart, apart from ODB, Method Man is the kind of weirdest kind of yeah. stoned it's just it's it sounds smoky yeah like he like his whole thing with you know to cow is yeah. weed isn't it he's all about smoking weed he's like you can hear like the beats sound fuzzy haze you can you can hear the smoke yeah, like, yeah. in in the room basically that's 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 what i love about it yeah no i totally get because i know that's your kind of preference you know in terms of the stuff you like to listen to and the stuff you yeah. like to make just we're just mangling totally hear sam- it. just, just mang- he mangles yeah, not predictable. the samples and not, not like, you don't you don't know where the samples end and the kind of effects and the keyboards yeah. start you know it just all kind of oh it's just all it's gloopy and mashed together i just, I just love it so yeah it's a bit of a mystery it's, dense. it's really dense yeah yeah it's a mystery it's intriguing yeah I yeah I, I get i get that and i get that you love that sort of approach to yeah. to, to beat. But I can I can definitely see how it's the completely antithetical to what yeah. you like, Danny. It's the anti yeah, absolutely. It's completely the opposite of what the sort of stuff I like. And there are moments on this album that I do love. You know, obviously Steve, you, you mentioned like Bring the Pain earlier on and Release Joe Delph. The, the the two tracks I absolutely adore on this album. And but but that they're that's because they're more they're a bit more traditional. They're a bit more yeah. traditional, yeah. more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're the ones that they well, that for that even, reason they, they they were singles. You know, so. but even but even then they're still very like Releasio Delph. That's a really harsh. That sample. Yeah. It's like a wailing hawk, weird hall. Yeah. Well, it's a it's, trumpet, isn't it? It's yeah. Da-da-da, da-da-da. But, and, and it's <laughs> got a really quite weird, an aggressive really, track, isn't it? It's quite aggressive. It's got this really weird sort of interpolation of "I Will Survive," like yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, probably Blue Raspberry again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like those two, and that shouldn't work putting the, that vo- those vocals on that track, but it kind of yeah. does. Um, so yeah, the drum, I, beat, the drum beat on that is quite like it's got that little military like yeah, it's military it? like a marching yeah, drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. March, I, I I think I don't think I'm mistaken here. I think that was the first track Westwood ever played on his Radio One yeah, show. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I remember listening to that again around some of those house parties and stuff, I, and I absolutely loved it. I, I yeah. played it all the time. So yeah, yeah, those those two I love, but the, the rest of them I just like. I, it feels like um like a, a party I haven't been invited to. You know, it's it's like yeah. Well, the <laughs> first two that. the first two words on my notes are absolute shite. Well, I, think yeah. I, was, I, think bit, I think that's a bit harsh. That is harsh. That is harsh. I think that's harsh. But I think it, it's a very muddy, very messy, a sloppy album, but deliberately so because that's what yeah. his want. That's what he produced for Method Man because that's the sort of an artist he is. I get all that. But I just don't find that a very enjoyable listen, and I can't get on board with it. You I can, I, I, like can I, can pl- I completely get that. I completely it, get why people yeah. wouldn't like this. And even to the point where I understand what they're doing, I get it. I know yeah. what they're doing. I know yeah. that he's experimenting. I know he's creating this soundscape that suits Method Man's rapping style. And I, yeah, I get that. But you just but don't I, like it. I just don't like it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think we were talking about Sub Crazy a minute ago. I just, for me, that is like one of the worst hip-hop beats of all time and i know he probably 
you know, it was made in that way. It was made to be not a traditional hip hop yeah. beat. And I know for all those reasons, it was a, it was an experiment. It was, you know, he's trying to be different. And I get that and I appreciate that. And I know you like that, Larry, but I just, I can't, uh, that track is unlistenable to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fas fascinating though it is, you know, yeah. to try and pick out some of the samples and that little rolling drum fill that he yeah. makes in there. And it kind of matches the, the rapping as well, that little thing yeah. as well. On to Cal. On to, no, on, yeah. on Sub Crazy. Oh, okay. That bit. Yeah. Kind of puts that I in. love but the little... It, but it comes love, in and out. It comes yeah. in and out and it doesn't I love, stay I love, I love the drums on to Cal. It's got that kind of... Yeah. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom, boom. And then you've got some like, you know, some of the more traditional sounding kind of Wu-Tang stuff, like What the Blood Clot and... Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, what's the other one? Uh, I'll get my thing in action. PLO style. They're, they're very kind of, yeah. They're kind of kind of classic Wu Tang. You know, I, I kind of get on board with some of those. But then, yeah, Mr. Sandman's a very hard listen. I, so, I so Danny, yeah. so Danny, I love Mr. Sandman's got like I that that to me is just that is RZA distilled on that track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely the ridiculous nonsense, basically, yeah, yeah, absolutely. but brilliant. Danny, I was going to say that you say it's unlistenable, and I think I thought that when I first bought it, and I kind of like trained myself or persevered with it. Do, do you think if you listen to it like every day for the next like two months, you would ever come to appreciate it? Probably not. Probably not. I need to have that instant connection with something. Not instant yeah. connection, but like I need to, it needs to ha at least give me something from the start that I can then work with, but I just don't. I think it's I, such a, it's I, such a, it's such a different sound, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like, if you, if you were to say I'm not into heavy metal, that yeah. would just be instantly like, oh, I guess yeah, fine. It's just yeah. not for you, kind of thing. And it's yeah. it's like yeah. that with this. It's just such a different yeah. yeah. And I've thing. been trying. I've been trying for nigh on thirty years. I put it on every now and again just to yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. It just I can't listen to it. Uh, I think it's my least favorite Wu Tang album. But but there we go. One thing so, I think probably just one thing that I've I've always kind of thought odd about this. Um, all I need, I think, is quite. Is the probably the worst track on there, but I love the Razor Sharp remix. And Danny, I think you like that yeah, one. Yeah, I like as that well. one. I prefer it anyway. I listened oh, to it when I was just, I revisited so it, and the one the version on the album is very kind of has kind of amateurish quality to it. Yeah, with the, with the, very the, sloppy. Descending like line, it's yeah. Again, that's that's Razor's thing, but I just yeah, it's not. I prefer the remix. But um, anyway, look, I think we need to move on because uh, yeah. we've got another semi final to get into. So we let, we got to vote. We got to vote, chaps. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Steve. Uh, I think uh, I probably no, know, know the answer no, to this, but let's, let's start no, with you. No, no leave, me, leave me to last because I think uh, I need some thinking time here. All right. All right. Well, I think, well, let's get me out of the way because I'm, I think it's very clear what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Resurrection is my, I'd say, second favorite hip hop album of all time. Um, so I'm going Resurrection. Um, easy for me. Uh, Larry, what are you going for? I love Takao, but I I would cast it into a ditch and never listen to it again. Quite happily, if it meant that I could still have resurrection in my life. Lovely stuff. So that's kind of sorted it. So is it going to be a three 0 whitewash or is it going to be a narrow two one? Uh, I don't know. I mean, interesting because they're obviously like uh, this word's like overused. They're both like seminal albums based on what we've been saying. You know, yeah. they're both. You know, but so many rappers and groups can look back and think. You know, I followed. Followed to or I followed Resurrection. Um, I don't know. Can I abstain? <laughs> well, you, you, you could now because it's, it's it's a moot point. I, it is. I think I probably like. But your 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 fans out there, they want to know what you think, Steve. They want to know what you voted for. So before before this week, I would have said to Cal definitely. 
And I think just hearing the discussion and listening to Resurrection and trying to appreciate it, I think I'm I, I could vote for, for Resurrection. You know, sod it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Takao. I think based on all the flack I've given Resurrection over the years. Yeah. And yeah. and and sort of the formative nature yeah. of Takal and your hip hop yeah. appreciation, I think it would be only right for you to vote for it. Yeah. And I'm more I'm the same as Larry. I, I listen to more albums like Takao now. Or subsequently, and I do like re- the resurrection. Fair enough. So sorry, okay. come on. No, that's fair enough. So that's a, that's a two-one win for resurrection. Resurrection goes through to the Hip Hop World Cup final. Come on, y'all, get locked down. Hip Hop World Cup in your town. Come on, come on, y'all, get locked down. Hip Hop World Cup in your town. Uh, and now we're moving on to the second semi-final. This curious pairing for our second semi-final between Paris's Gorilla Funk and Illmatic by Nas, which um, on paper seems like uh, a foregone conclusion, but let's see where we go with it. All right, Larry, do you want to start on this one? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, Gorilla Funk, like Common, is another one where I'm just kind of a bit astonished that it's not revered, not revered by most yeah. people in the way it is by us. Yeah. Um, I was looking at, there's this website, Hip Hop Golden Age. I, I was just curious as to where they placed Gorilla Funk and Resurrection, actually. Resurrection came in at 102 out of 250, which I just think is... Com- completely fucking bizarre <laughs> um for like for a for proper they're obviously proper hip-hop fans I, I don't get that at all gorilla funk not even in the top 250 yeah. unbelievable they mentioned two of his two of his other albums like one gets in very high up very low down sorry and the other one gets an honorable mention but there's no gorilla funk and no. i just don't get that so i'm going to try and um restore the kind of balance here a bit and really advocate for this album um why do i love it so much i think you know the production makes up a very big part of it um it just sounds so like full and heavy and fat um and i think like the whole conceit of this album i think is that he was like borrowing the sound of g-funk to reel people in and then once he's got you he kind of hits you with the black power the message like five yeah. percent message basically can i just say can i just say before you move on that's what exactly one of my notes that exactly. I've, I've said uh, yeah. he's appropriated the style to bring his messages to a wider audience yeah. but not any but he hasn't just done that he's done it and he has beaten pr- almost everybody at their own game like he even just desc- like he calls himself like on this album like the anti-gangster um and i i don't think I'm not saying he's better than someone like Dre or Quick, but I also find it difficult to say that they are better than him on this because no. this album is just such a fantastically produced record. Yeah, I just, I've, sorry, another one on notes. It's only the best G Funk album that Dr. Dre never made. Never produced, absolutely. Like, <laughs> it kind of, um, right. and, that, yeah. and he doesn't, the fact that there are a couple tracks on here that sound quite similar so like you've got like the, like the prelude and it's real and gorilla funk yeah. are all quite similar yeah. um and i always kind of think in my mind oh they all sound a bit like that but actually they don't there is 
a fair amount of variety like on display here um you've got really soulful stuff like you know out of my life which i absolutely love um uses the same sample as another 94 same album. same i just have to say that that's the only track on the album i think doesn't quite work I, I, right I, I, I don't it, know. May, it maybe doesn't quite fit as much as the rest it's a bit of an outlier maybe in terms of like well, the style but well, no, I, I think i think he it, like his rapping doesn't quite flow on that because it's quite slowed down it's not quite as fun he he's de he's definitely more suited to that high yeah. tempo angry yeah, yeah. ice cube works better like, like delivery yeah but that out of my life i do love the fact that he uses that same sample as nas it also has a saxophone in it bit in it like the nas track does yeah. the nas track was released six months earlier is it intent is it a homage or what um, what's I he doing what's he doing there I is don't it just know. A it think, can't be a coincidence. Well, the way I thought about it was, I think that's sax samples from the original track. Oh, is it right? I think okay. so. But I know on "Life's a Bitch" that that's Nas's dad. Nas's dad, yeah. But I don't know whether he's playing the the, the sax from "Yearning for Your Love." Right. Okay. Yeah. I'd really... need to look into that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. That 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 track that it samples over Gap Band. I'd never heard that before for some reason until today. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Isn't Brilliant, it? isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but aside from the sound on this, um, like the lyrical content is just great. Like again, mm. the whole thing is that he is so the whole mm. conceit of the album that he that is he is contemptuous of gangster rap on this yeah. album. And you can really feel that. Like the um he feels that the promotion and emulation of that lifestyle is really damaging. And he goes after some people you consider to be sort of sacred cows really he doesn't sort of go so far as to name check people but you've got tracks like 40 ounces in a full where he is very pointedly going after snoop dogg yeah on do you think that he's, track do you think he's taking the piss out of dre and and because they're often called yeah gangsters oh he's, definitely he's taking the piss out of them he's but and he you know he's doing it really blatantly by taking their yeah. sound as well he's taking he's, he's stolen he's, their sounds throwing it back in their face yeah. doing it as well as they can effortlessly um like the sound quality on it is like astonishing as well it sounds better than any of the kind of death row records i think somehow yeah. Yeah. just engineered so nicely but like 40 ounces in a fool he he mocks like for anyone that doesn't know it's kind of it's based on like back in this era rappers used to do like tv commercials in the states for various like alcoholic drink brands like St. Ides was one of the main ones that like Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube and Dre would do kind of little adverts for and it's a parody of one of those songs and it's just it's pitch perfect isn't it yeah it's amazing yeah no that's, that's he takes Snoop Dogg's flow and just yeah just mocks him with it basically absolutely yeah it, it's he, he's he's taken it and run with it and he's used it to take the piss but also to bring that g-funk audience in as well yeah you can listen to it it's, just completely straight yeah without absolutely. without really kind of without really reading into any of the kind of messages it's just it's still a brilliant listen yeah it's brilliant listen. but he's very engaging he's got a lot of stuff to say he's got so he's got more bees in his bonnet than a beekeeper yeah. <laughs> you know he's like <laughs> sorry he um but he has isn't it he's, he's got loads of issues he wants to discuss loads of things yeah. Yeah. he wants to talk about and he, and he but he does it in this really mainstream listenable palatable package yeah for you know yeah. for instance like it's real and Gorilla funk the title track very up tempo very g funky very 
you know, listenable. But he's rap. Yeah, it's a really effective way of getting a, a point across. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you get lost in this album, can't you? Really nicely. You just you can just switch yeah. off and just get really engaged in what he's saying. And yeah. say, he's, a te- he's a teacher, isn't he? He's a teacher. I, 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 I don't want to kind of put myself in the position, try and put myself in the position of like you know, a black American youth in the mid '90s. But it's like he's your dad. Like he's a really good dad, like explaining mm. why, yeah. son, you don't want to listen to this stuff. Listen to Chuck D rather than Snoop yeah. Dogg. Educate like yourself. He, he will teach you something. Snoop yeah. Dogg will lead you in the wrong direction. And I, I you know, I love that. I, I think he's on that level of like a Chuck D, an Ice Cube, a KRS one, like rappers who sound like they have complete authority and they just don't allow you to not listen. Absolutely. To what they're saying. Yeah. He's, he's so he's, interesting. He's, he's dropping he's knowledge. Got- He's never got that level of respect, and it's really no. strange. No, he, he hasn't. He hasn't, and neither has this album. No, it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it but even but even I, even I personally, having despite loving this album so much, I have never thought to seek out his other stuff for some reason. That's weird. But yeah, I mean, I, maybe he doesn't do himself any favors with the whole, you know, bush killer thing. And I, I looked at the inlay, uh, the liner notes for the album in the CD. And yeah. he's, he's advocating, you know, like, well, if we're going to be shooting each other, why don't we go out and kill cops? <laughs> yeah. You know, why don't we waste time shooting each other? Why don't we? And he's got like pictures in the inlay card of, of yeah. you know, like cop cars with, with blood coming out of them and people going into the back of a black van. And, well, you know, he, and I think he's a militant. He's, you know, and the title says it all, oh, Gorilla Funk. You know, he yeah, wants, yeah. He, you know, he yeah. wants to, you know, by any means necessary. Right, that, to... bearing, bearing in mind, we're recording this on 9 11. Mm. Like, in about 2002, he had an album out called Sonic Jihad, which depicted, I think from memory, like a plane flying into like the Pentagon or something mm. like that, or into, uh, into some. It, it, it was a 9 11 parody on the front cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, just he, really. He, he's controversial. He, 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 pu- he pushes the buttons, doesn't he, of America? Um, but I don't think he's got a big enough audience for it to kind of make a make much of a difference. I think that's probably one of his, his problems is that you know he, he's got his own label and puts his puts his albums out. I just don't think he made the impact that he probably should have done. Yeah, I don't know. In the same way that Chuck D did or whatever. But but yeah. But should we just talk about some of the tracks on this album as well? Because it's, it's oh, such a great yeah. such a great album. I mean, so it comes in prelude, but the, it comes in with it's real. It's got one of those buzzy bass lines, G funk, really fat, yeah, those kind of Parliament type thing. Like clappy drums and stuff like that, really up tempo. You could put that on a party, and you know, yeah. I, I think it, he it does really like uh, he does co- choruses really well on this album. It's, there's just something about this album where you just you just that's the thing. It's all very catchy, very catchy. Look, but also, yeah. he's, he's brought in like female vocalists for the hooks yeah. and stuff to sing. Yeah. It's like you, d- yeah. you know, they're gangster rappers and stuff. They bring they don't go to those yeah. lengths. You know, they don't yeah. bring in people to sing on the choruses and stuff. You know, it, it works really he's well. It's gonna, it? it does work really well. It's catchy. And he's gone above and beyond to make a really good, solid album. And maybe he felt he needed to in order to get his message across. He was he was competing with a lot of like very good music at this point, like yeah. of the like people that were kind of into that G funk yeah. sound. Like he he had a lot to kind of go up against. Exactly, and he but had to. Make I it think good. he had to make it good. I think the title track is one of the funkiest tracks in hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. Could, it sounds I a bit can't... like another one. The, the one De La Soul sample. The, Du, 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 uh, me, yeah, it's it's that yeah, baseline. It's, that, it's like it? Dre's had that baseline a load of yeah. times, and exactly. it's, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the kind of knee deep baseline, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and to, and like a track like "One Time for Your Mind," like that's fantastic, oh, and that. it uses the beat, that beat, the the rim shot beat that it yeah. uses. 
that's a cl- that's a classic G-Funk song. It's used on yeah. Always Into Something, Same Old Shit by MC Ren. It's a proper, proper G-Funk beat. But yeah. for some reason, yeah. that rimshot snare thing sounds so crisp. It yeah. really snaps. And it's just one of the many sonic kind of things about this album. I just really appreciate every time I listen to it, how yeah. hard and crisp that beat is. Yeah. And I, I think that, that, that track makes me kind of go into a trance. There's something yeah. about the way it's produced. It's well, so yeah, that's crisp. a good beat. Sinister, yeah, dark. Yeah. And then you, a couple more, you go on to like uh, Bring It To You with the Conscious Daughters on it. And I it's got that, that high-pitched wailing synth line that, that's very, you know, evocative of the G-Funk sound. And yeah. that is one of the most evil G-Funk yeah. synth lines I've ever heard in my life. I used to love it when that came yeah, out. Yeah, it's incredible. So good, so, so good. And then, yeah, and the rest of Watch You See, kind of a bit more down-tempo. I think it kind of, that's why they put it after Out of My Life, because it's kind of like the slower bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Back in the Days, which is kind uh, of like, it almost sounds like amazing. part two of Paris's kind of uh, nostalgia. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he, he did Days of Old on Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah. You know, he's done yeah. this one on Back in the Days. Obviously, it's got like part two. It's kind of got a kind of more of a reggae flavour to it, which you know it's good. I you know you wouldn't skip it, but it's um, perhaps one of the weaker ones. But then you've got two versions of Gorilla Funk and It's Real, like extended mixes of it. It's just you yeah. know, I, I, and it, but the thing is, there's only with with if you take those remixes out and the um, the skits out, there's only like ten tracks on it. Yeah, so it's really short. Really it's very focused. Really focused. Yeah. yeah, it's a really focused short listen, and I think that I mean, it's, it's actually it's eight tracks. Like in, eight, it's yeah, eight, eight, eight. Probably there's the, the uh, Prelude and then eight tracks. Yeah, yeah. I think, and that always counts in an album's favour for me. I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. It doesn't need to be drawn out. No. So um, yeah, you can, you can easily imagine a version of this with, that, that's twelve tracks long and it's got four tracks of filler on yeah, it. Exactly, and that's not what he went for. So I think yeah, I think all in all, a really really solid, really really yeah. good album that doesn't get the props it should really. You know, why isn't it celebrated more? I don't know, but we're certainly celebrating it here. But it is up against perhaps what is considered to be the greatest hip hop album of all time uh, in Illmatic by Nas. Uh, where do we even begin to start talking about this one, lads? I mean, um, Steve, I'm going to start with you because I know you're a massive fan of this. Uh, how, how, what, what are your thoughts on Illmatic and how does it compare to Gorilla Funk? Well, you know, we were, we were messaging each other today, weren't we? And I think Larry's going to sum this up. But there's probably not a lot we can say about this. And I think the only thing I can do is just probably just wax lyrical because in my opinion, this is hip hop perfection. You know, the production and the rapping you know this was obviously a hyped album before it came out and we we i think we alluded to this earlier is for me one of the i don't know intricacies of this album is how the production it kind of like varies quite nicely from track to track it's, this is not a samey album um you know the production that he's got on here is, is from the you know the best producers in the in the game and i, th- I think it's coherent enough, but varied enough to be an interesting long player. There's nothing on here that you want to skip. I don't know which track you you were going to say earlier, Larry, is the, is the one that kind of lets it down. I think the weakest track is One Time For Your Mind. That's the one that I, I think just doesn't... Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. I think that's it, accepted it, wisdom. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I see, I, I, you know, I, I didn't didn't know you, you were thinking that, but I think probably all of the tracks are five star tracks and that, you know... It's There's just, lots. There are lots of five-star tracks on there for me. It's just incredible, but but it still has a coherence. The album still has a coherence. I think you know maybe that's because Nas is such an incredible rapper. His skills are just ridiculous. He's just, you know so poetic, so metaphoric, 
clever wordplay. He can just rhyme. He's just a just an amazing rhymer. So I think you know all those things are known. There's no kind of insights there, but I, it just it's just magic. When I play this album, it is a masterpiece. It's a it is one of the best of any genre. One of the best albums ever. And for me, it it is the best hip hop album ever. It's not necessarily my favorite album ever, but I think it's the best. Interesting, Danny. Why don't, why don't you go? <laughs> all, right, well, all right. So, I'm, I do. I do love this album. I know you both think I'm going to say I don't love this album, and that's I my impression do, that you just don't really yeah, like it. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, that's not absolutely not the case. I was on board with this album from day one. I remember reading the review of it in the source, the famous Five Mic review. I remember buying it instantly. I remember falling in absolute love with it. Uh, I, I think it is an absolute masterpiece. It's a, it's ten tracks of hip hop perfection, honestly. And if you're looking at rap or hip hop in its technical form, yeah, there aren't many. There, there, there are very few bad tracks on here. You know, uh, one time for your mind is probably the exception. It's the only one that I kind of ever really skip when I listen to this album. Um, but I, I don't know. I in latter years, I've started to think that it's maybe a little bit overrated just from having listened to it and being slightly bored by some of the tracks like especially like things like new york state of mind now that beat is very simple yeah. very plain very boring and he's technically brilliant and, and the lyrics are great over the top of it but i do find that track kind of drags drags a bit uh, but Nas's ly- lyrical skill on, the, on that track is is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's great, but it just it's hip hop quotable. It's, it's is, like, is there a, is there an element of like over familiarity? There is that is contempt that is point, on this, like you because yeah. it is so good. You listen to it so much, it kind yeah. of starts to lose meaning. Yeah, like, that is that is a that is a part of the problem. But they never had that never had, was the case with Resurrection, for instance. Like I never stopped disliking that because i listened to it too much i don't know i just you're spoiled on this album though aren't you I think you are we have to appreciate resurrection a bit more this this one doesn't take any yeah. appreciation this, no, this is straight in there and it's got and it's got all my favorite producers on it you know it's got primo it's got um les it's got you know pete rock it's got Large pete Professor. rock Pete Rock, yeah. and the world is yours. I honestly, that's probably one of my favourite Pete Rock productions of all time. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic, and uh, I love that. One Love is phenomenal. Uh, the cute, not only the cute beat. I love that smiling Billy Sweet sample, <laughs> but also the lyrics and the concept of the track. You know, yeah. talking to you know from, from prison. Fantastic! Um, it is amazing. It, I, I I didn't realize Q-Tip produced that. It doesn't sound like a Q-Tip production. It, I think the snares do. It's, it's very it's very it reminiscent of his like stuff. It's very, very reminiscent of his stuff on the Mob Deep album as well. It is, like, it is amazing, yeah. amazing production. Yeah, amazing production. YouTube um, is a genius. I'm really struggling genius. here to to explain why my view on this album is sort of slightly soured over the years. But I'm going to go back to my original 1994 self and i'm gonna sort of say yes I, I do love this album it's really tight i love the fact that it's short and all the tracks are really good uh yeah i yeah i, I, I do love it i do love it but i just uh i, I don't think, think it's like Larry it said, as much as you two familiarity is just breeds contempt and there's, you know. de- there's definitely an element of that for me like mm. i i don't listen to it particularly often 
Yeah. Um, but then yeah. I also don't listen to Resurrection very often either. And I think with Resurrection, I am complete. I am just burnt out on it. I listened to it so hard for so many years that although there are still bits in it that I kind of, you know, discover when I listen to it again, yeah, I just don't. It's it's quite rare that I put it on, um, and I don't put Illmatic on all that often either. Yeah, I think if you just the very nature of anyone listening to this podcast, they're going to assume that this wins this year, and they probably would think that they would win like a cup. It would win like a cup winners cup of all the years we've done so far, and I don't think anyone would kind of really argue against that. I think um, what I you know. As we said, it's so hard to say anything kind of memorable about the song because it's all been said before and everyone knows it so well. But I think the one thing that hadn't necessarily struck me before is how catchy everything is. Like there's so many, there's lots of earworms on there, whether it's either the samples, like the loops and the samples they use, like, you know, the world is yours. Such a catchy little piano hook that he's got in there. Same as NY State of Mind. I know it's simple. But that piano is just sinister. It's just you know, it's 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 New York, isn't it? That that mm. piano, that little piano roll. One love has got that that chorus in it. Memory Lane's got a brilliant chorus and that brilliant kind of like organ sample. Even like rep like that chanted like represent yeah. kind of chorus, if you call it that. That's it's everything's catchy. Like it ain't hard to tell. It's got yeah. that really catchy, like Michael Jackson sample. Yeah. So that's I, that, I, that's a, so that's the thing I take from this album. I just, yeah. like, everything's just catchy on it. That's what. That's why it's kind of really sticks in people's memory. I think. Like, can I just say about uh, it ain't hard to tell? That that is my absolute favourite track on the album. But what I think works really well is the obviously the human nature sample is is, is fantastic on there, but it fades out really nicely and then and then Nas kind of flows really really well kind of afterwards it kind of merges that sample and him so well and he's so yeah. quotable, quotable i think I, that i think that it ain't hard to tell but it's awful really yeah <laughs> i think that's I don't, I don't understand why that's held in such reverence it's really bad it's very simple it's very simple it takes a pop like michael jackson's song but conversely, the lyrics are phenomenal. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, mm. I don't know anyone, any hip hop fan who doesn't know all the lyrics to that who can't yeah. rap along. Vocabulary um, spills, I'm Ill, I'm that Ill. kind of stuff. Yeah, that all that stuff. Good. It's so rappable, you know, you want yeah, to go yeah. along with it. But I do, I do think the music is overrated. And I, as a, as a large professor fan and a large professor beat, that's, I've always thought that was one of his weaker tracks, but it's, you know, it's one of his best known. I do um, wonder the if... remix. The remix, though, is, is I much prefer the remix of that track. Yeah, I wonder, um, like, Nas has always had a bit of a reputation for poor beat selection, like, post this album, yeah, yeah. which I think is kind of deserved, really. Um, and I on, on here, I was, funnily enough, I was watching, um, like, DJ Premier has like a little series of videos on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen them where he kind of talks about classic yeah. beats that he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the one for Represent, but he talks about um, it was originally a different beat, and he played it, and it's nowhere near as good as the one that ended up on the album. But he, after hearing that track, he had heard, I don't know, like the world is yours or something like that. 
and I just thought I need to do something that's as good as that or I need to kind of step it up so yeah. he did he redid the beat for represent and then he had to basically pet like pester and beg Nas into having that version of it on there and if he had the original version like along with you know like um it ain't hard to tell and one time for your mind it might have ended up like those last three tracks could have been a little bit yeah a little mm. bit weak and i wonder if like with it ain't hard to tell i, I wonder if he like because it's such an obvious sample to use i'd like to know the story behind it like who brought like maybe it was like i want you to use this sample maybe yeah or, who knows? yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know but but yeah um the, the I was going to ask you both actually something else. You know, well, we always say that the best albums are often one producer, one one singular vision of producing. Yeah. This this is a kind of a hodgepodge of different producers, yeah. handpicked, you know, and, and selected some of the best hip hop producers. Around they're all kind right of time. they're all similar enough. Yeah, but yeah, I was going to say what, it, you wouldn't put a, you wouldn't put RZA on here or Dr. Yeah. Dre. Would you? Why is this the exception then? Is it is it because of that? Is because it, they're all fairly sort of. I think beautiful. I think that I think they're kind of yeah. You um, if you had told me that it was all the same producer, I, I wouldn't really disbelieve you. Mm. Like yeah, if you're you know for, for the the connoisseur, you can tell that you can tell you, you can tell a primo beat from a Pete Rock beat, obviously, but yeah. they're yeah. not so different that you think, oh, hang on, that's that's jarring. Yeah, like it's a RZA beat or something like that. Um, yeah, true. But that's think, that's maybe why future albums that now kind of falls down because the production, like you say, the production. I think some of his albums are, are all a bit more samey, whereas there's enough. There's enough difference in this on this album where there's like you know Pete Rock's a bit jazzier, Primo's a, some of his tracks are more sparse, some are a bit more soulful. Mm. Yeah, Large Professor's definitely a bit more kind of soulful. Yeah, I just I think uh, just coming back to the rapping on this, which is kind of you know which is what Nas you know he is famed as like an incredible rapper. I think he is, but I can't really I can't really tell you why the raps are so good. Like I don't he's not. I don't think he can beat Common in terms of like pure lyrical ability, either lyrically or in kind of you know verbal dexterity. But somehow um, he manages to be better than like Common. For or considered, or considered better. Considered I better. I, I think it's because of the pictures he paints. But I actually think he is probably like I think he is more listenable than Common. I, and I, I think. I think he... It's it, like he's got he's got a great voice. It's just like his flow is just like you know buttery smooth, and I yeah. think it's it, it just comes down like he he has this inst like incredible ability to, like it like, like with Biggie. It's not particularly fussy, like he just places his syllables perfectly. Like yeah, it's right, it's there's right. a there's a musicality to it, and I it was kind of like um I was trying to think like it's almost like a jazz musician like playing. An instrument yeah. and kind of knowing where not to put notes and where to put them he's got this kind of ability to, to do that really well that's the only kind of way i can describe mm. it i think it, he's it actually just... quite quite similar to common because they're both quite poetic they like their metaphors they've got those punchlines and 
I, I think they're very similar, but like you said, Larry, I think Nash is able just to deliver it. He just sounds better. He just, he's just so natural. He's so natural, even on his later albums, where the kind of the music isn't probably isn't yeah. as good and stuff. Yeah. He still sounds really fucking good. Yeah. Like, even on his late, on his most recent albums, he still sounds brilliant. Even if I think on it. on this album, he uses up all his kind of good punchlines, all his best metaphors, and actually, how can you ever reproduce some of the the amazing like quotable stuff that he has on here? It's, it's just impossible yeah yeah great voice great rapper uh but we've got some business to attend to now gents we need to decide who's going through to the world cup final oh, to man. face common sense so uh larry well, i can go first i go first go, all right steve like, yeah cool mine's, cool. E- mine's easy illmatic best best album yeah larry yeah. mine is far from easy like i really i just i i can't put a piece of paper between these two things. Do you, want, do you want to know the true score scores? Briefly. Gorilla Funk, 4.38. Oh, yeah. Illmatic, 4.52. So Illmatic oh. does come out on top. Um, and I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with Illmatic. I, lo- I love Gorilla Funk. It's so difficult. I would put like tomorrow, I would put on Gorilla Funk before I put on Illmatic. Yeah. I probably, I do listen to Gorilla Funk more than I listen to Illmatic, but it's one of those ones. I just, it's such a big album. I can't quite bring myself to place Gorilla Funk over it. I think I'm, I think I do have to go for Illmatic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, Larry. I just don't think there's any universe I can put. Gorilla Funk through over Realmatic. I, I kind I, 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 I want to almost, but yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I'm the same as you. I are you going to vote for Realmatic, Danny? Yeah, I just enjoy listening to Gorilla Funk so much more. But I realise I'm going to put myself back in the shoes of how I felt about uh, Illmatic back in '94, and I just, I just, I just don't think there's a universe I can put put it, cannot put it through. I'm going to yeah, vote for Realmatic, which is a three 0 win for Realmatic, which is probably as it should be. Um, but I don't. I just don't. I want to recognise that Gorilla Funk is a yeah. fantastic yeah. album. I I, th- I thought you were going to go for Gorilla Funk, yeah. Danny, and there, there, was, there was half of me that thought that I was going to go for it yeah. as well. But when it when you just when you put them both on paper, you, you got them in front of you. You think I I can't do it. We would be laughed out of hip hop <laughs> club, wouldn't yeah. we? If yeah. we put it through, and I know yeah. we're not basing it on that. That's not how we work here. But I, I do think that. You know, no. I think I think my hesitation over Nas has been tainted in more recent years. But I think 1994 me would have just put this through, no question. So I'm going to do it. That I'm going to do yeah. that. So that's I think I think months. I'll sleep easier tonight knowing that yeah. I've put Illmatic through. Me too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that completes the lineup for the 1994 Hip Hop World Cup final. It is going to be Common Sense Resurrection versus Nas Illmatic. Join us after this, where we're going to play it out. Okay, you join us back here, pitch side at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena for the final of the Hip Hop World Cup 1994, our final episode in the series. Chaps, it's been emotional, it's been exciting, it's been argumentative at times, 
Uh, how are you both feeling about this? We're just gonna we're gonna be putting up Common Sense's resurrection against Naz's Illmatic. Quick thoughts before we go into this final. It's been great, hasn't it? I think uh, it's been an episode that I've been looking forward to for such a long time, and we've I think we've probably had our best discussions, our best debates, and uh, there's been some fantastic football or hip hop, whatever, whichever we want to describe it. Absolutely, yeah. It's been yeah. A, been a, been emotional. Even the cakes in tears. <laughs> I know, it's a wedding. wedding Right, so how are we going to do this? Okay, so we've got Common Sense, Resurrection versus Nas, Illmatic. You know, for me, I don't know, how can I put uh, Illmatic? How can Illmatic get my vote when I've said on record that Resurrection is my second favourite hip-hop album of all time? Uh, For me, there's just a hell of a lot more going for it. I would put it on tomorrow over Illmatic every day of the week. Um, The production is incredible. The lyricism, the wordplay is so clever. His lyrical dexterity, uh, common I'm talking about. Um, for, for me, it's just the the better all-round package. It's the one I would listen to more. Um, but, but but you know, on the flip side, Illmatic is a phenomenal album. So many good tracks, tight. Uh, some of the best producers in uh, hip-hop history uh, doing some of their best work. And Nas, is, as we've said, he's a phenomenal lyricist. He delivers it in such a great way. It's a really, really difficult kind of matchup. And I know you two are going to struggle to, to, to say which one's your favourite. But for me, I think in this final, I think it's going to have to be Resurrection. Steve, well, let, what are your let thoughts? Me, let, yeah, let me go next because yeah. there's, no, no, there's no struggles for me here, you know. I am really pleased Resurrection has got to the final, particularly because you two do like it so much. But uh, Illmatic is a way superior album. It is, it is. I think universally it'd be either the first or second album on most people's lists, and it's first on my list. I, I do agree with you, Danny. There'd be other albums that I would rather listen to tomorrow than Illmatic, but what I can't, I can't find fault with it. It is just a masterpiece. But are you looking at Illmatic with your analytical, technical head on? And you just looking at it thinking, yeah, I should vote for that. Much like kind of a couple of us did in the last round. I do love it. I I play it regularly. I I do love it. I just, I just, you know, I just have other albums like Resurrection that you love that I would put on before it. But I can't, I I can't can't see any other album winning in this year. So I, I, and we've said, I think there is, you know, we've said it already. I think it's it's down to you, Larry. You, you've got like the the weight of the uh, the World yeah. Cup on your shoulders now. Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is this is really... this is this this is such a tough one. I think um, I'm just going to really quickly give you the true score scores for all for all of these because it, it's a sophisticated piece of kit. Um, Murder was the case is a three point five, Resurrection, four point one six. Ready to Die, 4.13. Gorilla Funk, 4.38. Fear Itself, 3. Takao, 3.59. Beat Nuts, 3.35. And Illmatic, 4.52, which makes Illmatic the clear winner from the true score perspective. But it also means that Gorilla Funk is rated higher than Resurrection. Um, by by a fair margin as well. Um, but we don't always go with the true score um, scores. I think Illmatic is the it's most it's gonna be most people's choice. Um, 
and I could make a case for it being a better album than everything else on here. But when I, the totality of how I feel about Resurrection means I I have to vote for Resurrection. It's just it's got it's got tracks on there that even Illmatic can't touch, um, and there are some there are some quite bad tracks on there as well unfortunately that brings the score down but just as an overall piece of work i think it's phenomenal and i want to give it its due that it doesn't get anywhere else so resurrection uh, gets the vote for love me. that Absolute hang on hang on hang on Absolute wait 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 <laughs> true score your 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 invention that you've kind of painted it and you're like gonna get like thousands of pounds from has decided Illmatic, and you've gone for Resurrection. It's a guide. It's a guide. It's oh, a guide. Yeah, but... It's a guide to help you decide how you feel about something. Like Steve, you're a teacher. You've got. You've seen lots of pupils come through your school over the years. The the kids that get the top marks are they all? Are they always the most genuinely intellectually engaging? Yeah, you, charismatic. You People. You've basically chosen the teacher's pet, haven't you? That's that's who you've chosen to kind of win. I've, cho- I've chosen I've chosen the student who, I'll you know, when they're a bit older, I'll I'll have a chat with in the street <laughs> yeah. about 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 interesting stuff and philosophy rather than the one who gets A's in everything, goes to yeah. Oxford, but he's a boring bastard. Yeah. He's your it mate, he's your homework every week, and it's come out topping all the tests, and you've just yeah. I think this this, this guy this guy this guy doesn't need to revise for exams. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't need doesn't need a certificate to tell him how clever he is or how well he's going to do in life. I should have put yeah. fifty pounds on resurrection winning today. I tell you, I, I knew you. Two I mean, the, 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 it's, you have to understand, the, the, Steve. The, the, the bookies are going to be going mental. Yeah, the bookies are going mental, but you have to understand that it has the weight of years behind it your resurrection me and larry loving this album talking about this album you know it's it's just been one of our favorites for such a long time and i know we've both loved ilmatic but it's got that extra emotional attachment extra dimension extra dimension that 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 a objective scientific empirical measuring system just cannot capture no and that's where it's science versus philosophy. Yeah, science versus philosophy. There was philosophy. just a little bit of me who was thinking, Larry, I've got a hope here. The Larry and True Steve I, could do you, come do you know what? I was like, when I saw the scores come out, I thought, I just, I have to go for Illmatic, <laughs> yeah. and I kind of, I made a, I made a case for myself for voting for Illmatic. Yeah. Um, and on another day, I, pro- I would have, brain was firing slightly differently. I would go, go for it just because it's such an important seminal album but yeah but I you've just, gone with your heart you've gone with I've your gone, heart i've gone with yeah. my heart and there are this is abs- a world cup this listen, is a world cup there are absolute scenes here I don't, you can't see this obviously being an audio only podcast but steve's got his head in his hands our 50 guests are invited into the corporate box they've somehow managed to escape they're on the pitch they're ripping up the advertising hoardings oh, uh, diana ross doing? diana ross is going absolutely ballistic she's got a, a shirt over her head she's running around goading some of the some of our guests which isn't a good look what is Gazza doing, it's Danny? Absolute chaos. Well, they're still up in the box. They they're still um, eating the canapes. Gazza's Gaza, got his um, plastic breasts on. Honestly, the scenes here, uh, they're, they're, oh, the crowd literally cannot believe that Resurrection has beaten Illmatic in the nineteen ninety four World Cup. Uh, but but that's your result. Result. Uh, extraordinary scenes. And I know one person who might have a few things to say about this is our special guest today. We're going to get him on the line now to talk about a winning album, arguably the greatest football player of all time. He's a three time World Cup winner. Brazil's all-time top goal scorer, 
but he's probably best known for his work raising awareness of erectile dysfunction. It's the one and only Edson Arantes de Nascimento, better known as Pele. How are you doing, Pele? Thank you very much. My pleasure. So, Pele, you famously promoted Viagra in the noughties, uh, and in hip-hop terms, there was certainly some stiff composition in 1994. Uh, but why do you think it was such a seminal year for hip-hop? Listen, uh... Pele? I... Viagra. Pele! <laughs> oh, he's gone. Okay. It's another but failed interview. Not for erection. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with our satellite link. He's frozen, I think. The money we sunk into this. Crazy. No, you know. Is he... No, he's gone. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, lads. Uh, this has not been a successful uh, series in terms of interviews. Uh, no, but that one would have made up. I've made, made, up. I've made promises would, our technology just have not been able to keep. Um, so you want to get that. you want if we do another Sousa, you want to get the guys at True School onto the technical side of this because they are wizards. Yeah, could they That's develop something? Item. Some sort I ex of I expect they could. I expect they could develop an app or something like or a machine. Right, it's like, a deal. Series kind of hybrid. Series two, we're getting the True School guys involved. Right, it's a deal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so listen. Uh, do you agree with our winning album or disagree? A lot of controversy in this one. A shock result. I know Steve's shaking his head. He doesn't quite agree. But either way, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Hip Hop World Cup if you want to share your thoughts or just talk 90s hip hop in general. Uh, but for now, thank you for listening to all the episodes in this series. Uh, and we're ghosts like Patrick Swayze. Peace. Albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to this game. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats, and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cassette or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello. Viagra.